What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, listen, let me let me tell you, this is the first individual that I've actually met online three years ago. It's actually about the three-year anniversary now. I met online, never met on person, but he's been the most on this podcast. He's been on this podcast probably over... 20 times. You've seen this man travel the world. You've seen this man at Super Bowl, at Grammys. He was one of the best dressed in 2022. Listen, you see him on tour. You know we have in the building today? We have the Reels boss, Walshie Fire, from Major Laser in the building today. What's going on, Reels boss? Real boss in the building. Man, Muscle, it's a pleasure to finally meet you, man. Shout out, man. Big up. You're done yeah. already, man. I wish y'all could see this post yeah. on the wall right here, man. This thing got me rolling, man. Hey, what the hell? Yeah. Yo, can you pat? No, you can't. Later on, man, you can I'm going to think, you know what I'm going to do for you? Because even when <laughs> Willie was here, he was saying the same thing. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to put it on the video <laughs> so they can see what you guys Yo, are seeing. Yo, 2006 you know I mean? was a dope year, yeah. man. Course, Big man. up all of the soul yeah. with up on the flat. Big up Linda P, my cousin. Military zone, uh, oh, it's soca sweetness, desert storm. But most importantly, man, it's the pictures, bro. It's the pictures, yeah. man, and also the size of the poster, bro. Yeah. Yo, bigger, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a life size. I knew when I hit ten years what I wanted. I wanted a life size poster. Yo, you got a life, and you got a life size poster. That's yo, yo. That's the exact same size yeah. as you are right here, standing right here. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Malvern. Original shopping mall, bad boy them, you know. Yeah, music hut. A lot of people might not know. I think you're just documenting it yourself, and I'm just finding out too, man, how long you've been doing this and selling music. And you just told me downstairs about Bobby and Dupes linking you right before they joined. They made Black Chinese. Yeah, this as was Ping 99, Kong. yeah. Yeah, I'm on selling, uh, selling white label records and CDs and stuff like that. And Yo, it's been a it's been a wild journey, man. And I see the greatness in the poster, my brother. No. <laughs> you see when you love what you do, bro? When you love what you do, it's just gonna come across in your work. Just like in your work, you love what you do. You seem like you're infatuated with music. Not yeah, a man. genre, but just music on a whole. That's a fact. And to be honest with you, always was. And I wanna say I give credit to that to growing up in Miami where it's just a real even though I grew up in the the, the hardcore Jamaican side of Miami. I grew up in this area named Carroll City. Mm-hmm. So shout out to everybody from Carroll City, specifically Norland, yeah. um, um, which is like uh, Juxy Fire from Innocent, yeah. uh, English Fire, um, Richie D, Money D, um, a song called Don Juan, Black Shadow Sound yeah. with Triton and everybody. Triton, yeah. yeah, man. All of that is Norland. Okay. Right? Norland, 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 Norland. You know? And of course... Everything you could think of, mm-hmm. yeah, Norland. Norland was the real Budman area, and that's where I grew up. And so ask any of them, they'll all tell you, man. The yeah. stories of Norland itself mm-hmm. is a whole show. That's a whole show by itself. Um, but it was also just the rest of the city was very eclectic. You know, you had people from South America, Central America, uh, and the rest of the Caribbean. And so I ended up first enjoying other Caribbean music like uh, uh, Calypso, yeah. Soka, uh, Zouk, Compa. That's really where I started. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college in uh, Clark Atlanta, that's where I got DC, Chicago, Detroit music. Mm-hmm. Like when I got into like go-go house music and, like and go-go, mm-hmm. yo, I remember the first time I went to a go-go, man. Shout out to everybody from the DMV. Ibex was the name of the club. Yeah. And shout out to uh, 
um, Emperor Sound. It was a uh, um, Diver D and Steely. Mm -hmm. Them did a select. Okay. Um, Emperor Sound. Um, I clashed Emperor Sound in Ibex. Okay. Yeah, man. Shout out to me and Ja Prince. We went up there and boy, we put our life on the line, bro. I'll tell you that much, man. But I didn't think we, I didn't think, we, I didn't think we was getting out the building that night. Yeah. I didn't think we was getting out the building Let's that night. Alive. I'm gonna keep that in mind, but I want to even go before that. Yeah, man. But hold on, there. big up shines, yeah. <laughs> big up um, Philip Five, big up everybody that mm -hmm. you know squashed the acceleration of what was gonna happen that night. Cause trust me, that night there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm big up to Emperor Sound. Re really, it's crazy how you know. It's like later on you become really good friends with people. They, they, big up to Freddie Dread. Big up to all his sons. Yes. Big up to all the cousins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm big up to Naj, the new selector. I'm big up to um, um, uh, Fortis and everybody that that's running the sound right now. They're they're doing a great job. One of my favorite sounds in America. But yo. Go say what y'all say no yeah. because that's the way it is. Been, the emperor, they've been holding down that city for as long as I could remember. Yeah, man. There, it them and um, Earthquake, Bobby was playing and all those yeah, stuff. Yeah, Bobby Chin used to play yeah. Earthquake. A lot of people don't know mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? So yeah. let's go from beginning because, again, a lot of people, they might have seen you, okay, from even the Carol City and stuff like that. Mm. they seen you on stage. But I want to go even before that to, like, even where, where were you born? I was born in Jamaica, my halfway mm -hmm. tree. Uh, so I went to halfway tree primary. And then uh, I came up and went. And lived in Connecticut for one year. Okay. Yeah, man. And then my mom was like, hell no. <laughs> I remember she used to take the bus to work. She was doing like elderly care. And she came inside. It was winter. And she said, yo, we out of here, bro. That's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I can't the, winter, the winter was bad out there in Connecticut at that time there? Yeah, man, because it's right next to New York. So you're getting the same kind of Toronto, New York weather. Yeah. Um, and then we moved to Miami and that was it. Lived in Miami ever since. Ever since. Yeah. What type of child were you back then growing up either between? How old were you yeah, when you left your What kind of child I was? <laughs> I was a great child, man. I yeah. got my first job at a barber shop around the corner from my house at 13, man. I yeah. realized that my mom was had pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, so my mom was hitchhiking to work every single day. She worked in South Miami at a place called Florida Power and Light. Mm -hmm. um, and Carroll City's in North Miami. Okay. So... Uh, she would hitchhike to work every single day. Now, mind you, that, it was a different time, right? For sure. But if you watch Forensic Files, mm -hmm. stuff, shit was going crazy <laughs> back in the day. Um, so, you know, just watching my mom hitchhike to work every day and hitchhike back home. Um, at 13, I kind of like was like, yo, I need to I need to step man up. up and yeah, man. And so I got a job at a barbershop, um, Mr. Russell's barbershop on uh, 176. And uh, man, I think it was like uh, 21st Avenue. I can't remember. Uh, which, by the way, I want you to know, this was in a house. So it wasn't a barber shop like you would think. You. <laughs> yeah. This was a guy who had like a a section that he built outside his house. Yeah, man. Real real ghetto thing, man. Yeah. So, and yeah, I just was cleaning up at first. And then I would ask my bridging them, could I cut their hair? And I would mess their hairs up. Shout out to Arthur. Shout out to Oscar. Shout out to Pooh. Shout out to, to everybody that was like, yo, come through and mess my hair up. But I learned how to cut hair. And I ended up cutting hair for, man. I mean, I still cut hair, you know, so I, I was cutting hair for like, but as that, that's what I did yeah. for like 10, 10 years. As a barber? Yeah, man, as a barber. So at like 14, I got really good. Mm -hmm. And then from 14 on, yeah. I cut hair. Uh, I cut my own hair, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I ain't got that much left, but you know, we're working with. <laughs> you used to cut your own hair. I still cut my own yeah. hair. I mean, it's nothing to do it now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yo, you could zoom in on the fade though. Nah, there's no fade, man. I just got straight zero. Yeah. 
Um, nah, there's a one actually. But um, yeah, I did barbering for a long time, man. And that barbershop was one of the most interesting barbershops. I'll tell you that much. And I want to say this, man. Carroll City had a lot of love in the city. Mm -hmm. It's a great city to grow up in. It's a great part of town. Big up to everybody that still lives in Carroll City, New Orleans. Man, I have great memories, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but there was a lot of bad elements in that part of town. And you know what I'm saying? And my generation happened to have probably more than any of them because the crack era came in mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of stuff. So did uh, you the see the that. neighborhood switch at that time or while it was No, when on? I got there, it was bad. Mm -hmm. But it was not, I, I was too young. And so, got you. you know, I'm outside still. Mm -hmm. I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm outside. Yeah. Um, but it's not till I probably reached like 13, 14. It's really not till I reached the barbershop that I'm seeing and hearing and I'm knowing. And getting a better understanding. Yeah, man, I'm knowing who's who and what how the program run. Mm -hmm. Like in that shop, man, they had a table where you had to put your gun as you walk in. So everybody had to respect the thing and you have to put your gun on the table as you walk into the barbershop. Man, for sure respect. You can't just in there with your gun. Yeah. Everybody just put their gun on the table. Sometimes the table pile up with gun, you know, dog, shotgun and other <laughs> things. And I used to just be cutting hair in there. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I had to really make sure I cook good. Let's yeah. just say that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, man, I, I learned a skill that I carried with life, and I was able to generate a lot of money. Them time is five dollar haircut. Them thing there, and then I ended up working at um, this fish shack yeah. up on 183rd Street and and 67th Avenue, uh, right by American High School, and I started working there. Um, um, you know, you have a, you have a, it's like a deep fry. You know, like the yeah. the ghetto. Like you know what I'm saying? They have these places, man. So, you know, you got a deep, deep, you got to drop it in the grease and yeah. bugger things. But, um, and then I also started to sell tapes. So that's why I always respect you, bro. Okay. Because um, I, I was called uh, Cassette Freak LP. That was your name? That was my name because yeah. my real name, mm -hmm. right? So I was known as Cassette Freak LP. Mm-hmm. And I had a big box with the tapes, and I, I drew the artwork on it. Man, I, I got to send you a picture of all that stuff. I still have it. Yeah. And I would walk around with a boombox. So I'd walk around the flea markets. I would walk around South Beach. Yeah. And I would sell uh, dancehall tapes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I also sold, like, hip-hop mixtapes. Yeah, because um, that's the, you're, you're in South Beach, and that's big out there. Yeah, especially man. South Beach especially. own type of music, too. But don't sleep. Reggae and dancehall was big on South Beach as well. They had a club called... Uh, Channel. Was it Rockers Island? I can't remember. Mm. There was a bunch of stuff happening dancehall-wise on South Beach. To be honest with you, in the late 80s, early 90s, you only partied on South Beach. There wasn't really anything local. Okay. You know, you just had like a little, little rum bar there, man, thing. But, but for, the, was for, for club life, was the strip. On. Yeah, man. And you had Cameo and Mansion and, mm. and all these clubs. So, you know, eventually I got into selling the tapes and I was down there, man. And, I mean, I sold tapes in the hot sun at the flea market. Mm -hmm. And then I would um, take the bus, the 83 bus down to South Beach. And then I would uh, sell tapes at night mm -hmm. uh, to the to the club people. So I'd spend the whole day with a radio, extra batteries, mm -hmm. um, boom, bam. You know? And remember now, if you know anything about selling tapes, and I think the reason why I picked up selling tapes is because Halfway Tree mm -hmm. was like cassette capital. You know? You had uh, 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 um, Jack Stereo, who was my personal bridge. And to this day, still yeah. check him. Um, he was really the king. Uh, you had Skunk Man. Yeah. You had uh, uh, Cassette, uh, Peter. Yeah. 
um, uh, King, I can't remember his name, King James, can't remember. This is all by the bus terminal? <laughs> all by the bus terminal, yeah. right, which is, was not a bus terminal back then. Yeah. Um, but in Halfway Tree, you had all these guys right around the peripheral, you know? <clears throat> and so you could just kind of like, Jack Stereo was probably the only one that had like an indoor shop. His shop was in Skateland. Yeah. And I have a picture of me, Bogle, in his shop in Skateland. Yeah. It's one of the wickedest pictures. And I'm like 15 years old. Because I would fly down, re-up. Because mm-hmm. that Monday you saved it, next day. Okay, so you were getting, you were getting, your connect was straight from Jamaica. Straight from Jack Sauer. Yeah. Straight from Skunk, Skunkman. Straight from Cassette Peter. And all of them. I would literally um, uh, go down or have or, or constantly be in contact with who's coming up, mm-hmm. make them go around, buy everything. But I would go down as much as possible too mm-hmm. and have a direct link with the cassette them that were the freshest, freshest, freshest. So I would honestly say there was a time, and shout out to Money D. He definitely was the was probably the most popular mm-hmm. uh, cassette man in my in the New Orleans area, in the Carroll City area. But man, I had a run. I did have a run because I did it. To, I did it from day to night. Cassette Freak LP. Yeah, man. Cassette Freak LP. Man. And what even got you into selling tapes? Especially, remember, you're a barber. Were you barbering and selling tapes, or you left barbering? And Tree job. Me off at the same time, you know. I'm go school. Yeah. And I'm playing sports. Yeah. And I'm playing American football. All, all at once. Yeah, I'm quarterbacking for yeah. American football, uh, wide receiver for American football, and I ran track. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, again, because I see my mom. So you knew you had to get Yeah, mom. So I never kept a single dollar in my life. Mm-hmm. To this day, every dollar I make, I just give it to her. Mm-hmm. And if I want something, I just say, yo, give me this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, back then, yeah, man, cash, I would just hand it straight to her, man. And if I needed to buy food, she'd give me some money. Um, But every single dollar I ever made, I would just hand it to her. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And um, My older sister ended up being um addicted to drugs and she passed a couple of years ago. Um, she drowned um, because she still couldn't kick the drug habit. And my younger sister was going through a lot. And my dad had 12 kids. So, you know, it's it's sometimes it's a rotation of brothers and sisters coming in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to my three uh, closest to me, Dave, Eric, and uh, Tony. Um, and then, you know, Courtney Walsh is my oldest the, brother. Yes, the, the big cricketer. Yeah, the big cricketer. Um, so, you know, my dad having 12 kids, it was always like some kind of rotation of, you know, you know, who's the, who are these new people yeah. coming in out? you know, well, my mom, well, this is my your, mom worked your, your it all. My mom took sister. care of it. Yeah, my, my mom. And yeah. I would just meet them. Yeah. I would just meet them, you know? And they say, yo, your brother, this, you know? Yeah. And I would just be looking at them like, okay, what's up? <laughs> yeah, we're here now. Yeah, man. Um, I remember when I met my brother, Muhammad, mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who lives back in Jamaica now. I just remember looking at him and going, man, I, I've seen you before. Yeah. But I didn't even know that we were brothers. It's so, just it's just going through certain things that that's why I like to have these conversations to really know how you became the person that you are today. And I mean, because a lot of people just see you doing things and they think that that's that's just how it went. Right. You know what I mean? And they don't understand the psychology, how you yeah, you mentally think, got there. Right. I think you're doing a great job of all your interviews, but definitely I think uh understanding that when you see somebody that might be considered um, doing well, mm-hmm. um, like myself, or somebody that's achieved the level of something, like like, like someone could say about mm-hmm. 
yeah, man, it's not just today I woke up. And you know what I'm saying? I, my mind was already like this. Yeah. And so having three jobs and being, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, I never, never quit any of these jobs. If anything, I took on more jobs. Yeah. Um, it makes sense as to who I am now, for sure. Right. You're, so you're selling, selling tapes, you're going to school, you're at the barber stuff. When do you actually decide to go from selling music to actually getting involved where you wanted to start DJing and stuff like that? Yeah, man. So that didn't happen until later, man. I went to Clark Atlanta University in, uh, in Atlanta. I know at 18. Yo, hold on now. I know for a fact that the person who is doing this show don't have his phone on loud. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, Walsh, you couldn't make that just this supposed to be edit. This supposed to be this is supposed to be quiet on the set. <laughs> so anyway, um, um, when I went to Clark Atlanta, that's when. Uh, and so at eighteen, I was like, "Yo, I got to get out of Miami." I was like, "Yeah, man, Miami." You know, I love Miami, but I also see the bubbleness of it. You know, and a lot of people, I think they don't mind being in a bubble. But I was mm -hmm. like, "Yo, this bubble is killing me, man." I was like, "Yo, same, same, same every day." And I think that's going to be the ongoing story throughout this whole interview is mm -hmm. not wanting to just be same, same, same every day. Um, and I just randomly threw a Hail Mary and was like, yo, I'm just going to apply to a bunch of schools and Clark Atlanta accepted me. And what a joy. Yo, the best four years of my life, bro, yeah. was at Clark Atlanta University. That's when I joined dancehallminded.com which would be like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. I think like 96. That's the early... Early, early, early internet, man. Once you know, I remember when the I remember when they went, yo, here's the internet. Of course. Yeah, I was there when they went, yo, here's a computer and here's this thing called the internet. That makes noise when you have to call through a, yeah, a telephone. Yeah, yeah, AOL. And <laughs> so shout out to everybody that was a part of dancehallminded.com. I cannot say enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I won't even begin to call out names but obviously tarantula who was here was a part of dance all minded okay and yo if i start to say names of people that were on dance all minded you would be you'd be like no way mm -hmm. but i will say this much everybody that was on dance all minded um is had a a long life in dance hall and um many of them achieved greatness like mm -hmm. um um like jimmy spliff is a great example of a person who uh, I know from dancehallminded.com. Um, yeah. Drew from Irish and Chin, mm -hmm. um, Sea Thug, uh, Irish and Ch Chin himself was somebody that was on that website. Um, and I'm not saying they started at dancehallminded.com, but they were participants they were, in mm -hmm. it. But and this was dancehallminded was more was more of a message board than you. It was just a message board. Like it was just a message board. Yeah, just a message board. Uh, mm -hmm. Kid star. So all of us is arguing every single day about dance hall. Uh, but, you know, at that point, our participation level was was pretty low. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think any anyone was really playing sound like that. Um, we were all teenagers. Mm. Um, some of them was playing sound. Um, but again, uh, like that, not really. You know, we were very much more fans and supporters of the music. Uh, and that's how we participated. Uh, but like I said, if I run down the names, it'll be like a whole other thing because it's it's anybody and everybody that you could think of. Man. And I would love one day to have a whole like just maybe as a sort documentary on Dancehall Minded. Yeah. You know, shout out to Peter Dean Rickards, um, a.k.a. Afflicted Yard. Rest in peace. Like, you know, the amount of people that were that were warring on Dancehall yeah. Minded. Because this was pre 
dancehallreggae.com. Correct. With Scrappy them. Correct. Yeah, this was before that. Yeah. Right? So Scrappy used to be on dancehallminded.com. Because I think at one point, <coughs> the two sites were basically running at the same time. Correct. You and warring. And warring. And warring. Ask anybody remember some of them early time they yeah. were dancehallminded or dancehallreggae.com at war. I meet up on the dance hall minded as that side, the gang gang. And the man would have said, yo, yeah. we would have said, yo, make we go over dancehallreggae.com and just create fuckery. Just yeah. go over there and just cause trouble. And all of us would go over to dancehallreggae.com and just cause beer trouble. Just be in the chat, yo, cursing everybody out like, yeah. yo, fuck all y'all. And then we go back over. It's like a drive-by. Yeah. Like, and then we go back over to dancehallminded.com and laugh. Yeah. Um... Man, them went on a drill, bro. Yo, let me tell you some big steppers were on dancehallminded.com, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said before, many of them are doing really great things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, salute to everybody that was there from day one. And a lot of people just don't remember, I'm sorry, don't acknowledge that greatness is just not um, born overnight, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's overnight success is usually based on something that you've been doing for the past 10 years. Exactly. Minimum. Exactly. You know I mean? never say less than 10. Yeah. I tell everybody like, yo, because I always get that question like, yo, what do I do to be like you? Like, first of all, don't be like me. <laughs> you second don't know all, the journey. Yeah. Second of all, yeah, yeah. There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to be relatable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but uh, second of all, just know that if you're looking for some kind of glory in the first 10 years, you're not, you're never, you're in it for the wrong reasons. And therefore yeah. the universe just doesn't deliver like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but you got to really love this shit for 10 years with no love, no money, mm-hmm. no clout. No, nobody, not, no, nobody not even look upon you for 10 years. For 10 years. And then all of a sudden you start realizing Ooh. that the respect just grew in that 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you begin, begin to see the rewards of, of doing what you love to do without um, demanding some kind of, you know, return from it. But that's called the process. Because when, when they say fall in love with the process, that's what people don't understand. The process is that time before the bang. Yeah, man. You understand that process is how you got here. Fall in love with the process. Right. But yeah, man, so Atlanta's where I started to DJ. Mm-hmm. I got um, with a sound crew called Changes International from Nanaville. Yes. Yeah, man, big up uh, Ja Prince again, big up mm-hmm. Jason Skywalker. Then we, you know, we do things like we clash Emperor. My very first clash was with Nasheen Fire. My first, 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 first clash. And did I play one song called Cancer? Cancer. You, yes, he told me about Sorry, Capricorn. Capricorn. Yes, Capricorn. Yes, Sorry yes, about yes, that. Yes, yes, Big up Cancer. Big up to War, BZ. Big up to a King Hippo and a Cancer crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Capricorn was him so. And I think Capricorn still played too. Capricorn versus Changes. And this was in Atlanta, this happened? Yeah, man. And this had to be like 95. And it's me versus Nasheen. I'm a beating bad that night, the brother. Big up Nasheen, man. Always a friend for life, mm-hmm. man. Nasheen, man. So Real you big were talent. Always a MC at that time or a DJ? What, no, what I mean, never even specialize? touched turntable. Okay. I mean, never owned one record. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ja Prince was a selector. Fully. Mm-hmm. And we had a female selector too called Selector Princess, which was Ja Prince's sister. Oh, so all three of you guys were yeah, on man. changes. Yeah, man. No, there was enough of us on changes, mm-hmm. man. There was uh, Pablo. Um, a white Jamaican guy um, who used to play a song called Oneness. Mm-hmm. There was Chiga who plays um, Love People. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm forgetting anybody, but there was a few of us. And then yeah. there was the Jamaican team with DC. Um, I had DC on my show on the uh, Quarantine Clash. I brought changes on um, for a throwback. Yes, because in Jamaican it was them changes speedy. was... Up like an uptown song. Uptown song, even yes, though them come man. from Nannyville, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, but them clash still, you know. Yeah. 
But at that time, Changes and like Caveman had like the most sizzler in the world. Changes? So yeah, man, Changes, bro. When it comes to sizzler yeah. and the and the and the one them where was like that era mm-hmm. of sizzler. Them I wonder that yo that, uh, and before that like mm-hmm. the um, oh what a joy them song that mm-hmm. sling tang rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, what also uh, I think Kilimanjaro has some of the best ones of that era too. But yeah, man, uh, Changes was also clashing, you know, but it was just that like we would play at Peppers mm-hmm. and some other uptown spots. Also, I want to be very clear, uptown never have no whole heap of selector them time there, you know, mm-hmm. but they might keep dance. So they always, back in them days, they had to go to the ghetto to get some good DJs. All of the uptown events usually had some people from the ghetto playing. That make okay. That makes sense now. So even if they didn't have all the selectors there, they had to bring the song up there. Yeah, man. Play. Yeah, man. That's why changes almost got classified as, as an uptown, uptown song, song because they because DC and those guys they knew how to they studied it, bro, mm-hmm. and they knew how to say, "Yeah, man, get the dances, mm-hmm. uptown dances," and they knew how to adjust and play for a, a bunch of uptown Jamaicans, mm-hmm. and they got very popular in them and very popular, man. You know. Uh, even the uptown would still have them that could clash them, you know, like mm-hmm. Super Hype used to play a song called Essence. Um, shout out to um, Zachary Harding, he had a song called Syndicate. Yes. Um, that's how I ended up playing Copper Shop. Bro, all that. Yeah, Let's man, I'm tell you the story. How long <laughs> yeah. you want the show to be, bro? Yo, trust me, I'm trying to speed this up because, <laughs> you know, the story. Um, but, you know, I've told my story many times, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe this is our first time having this conversation, mm-hmm. and therefore uh, I'm not going to spare you any details. So go ahead. Uh, uh, so yeah, let's 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 rewind a little bit. Okay. So yeah. which came first, changes or copper shot? Changes, no question. Okay. From 1994, mm-hmm. yeah, man, to '98, man, I played changes. What would you say? Okay, you had the clash with Nasheen. What would you say was another big night? In your eyes for changes at that time. I mean, big as in good or bad. Like like I said, let's get to this Ibex <laughs> okay, with Emperor. Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> me, them time them rustle along, you know, and me just uh, you know, mouth full of gold teeth. I'm representing the three oh five. I'm like, yo, I'm big bad Miami and this bitch we killing everything. <laughs> and Ja Prince, I'm big up to Shine Ed. Mm-hmm. Again, you're right, because he might a real link. Mm-hmm. Shine Ed, Philip Five. Those are the real DC dudes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Silver Springs, Maryland, and shout out to Langley Park, Maryland. Those are the real DC guys. They're my deal with the DC, the, 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 the DC that you see on the news. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the crackhead era DC. They're my negotiate, that DC. The very bad DC. So, Philip Five uh, is cousins with uh, Freddie Dredd and Emperor. That's his family. Mm-hmm. Just like Shiner, that's his family. That's probably the biggest family in the world, by the way. Freddie Dredd and his, his, his 40 children and... Yeah, that's probably the biggest family in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Sound system for sure. But anyway, Philip Five is managing changes, mm-hmm. right? So he lives in Atlanta and he's managing changes. And um, we would always bring them down to juggle because enough DC people was living in Atlanta. Atlanta was a hub. It had some of the biggest colleges. So it had people from everywhere, Caribbean people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we were always able to bring in sounds and would juggle on, you know, but well, it was a true word because that was what you did back then. There was no real like official clash, maybe. But from two sound with dub on the bill, anything, and anything. It, 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 it's gonna happen. Yeah. So anyway, we, me, 
uh, Steely, Diver, we became really good friends. And to this day, man, me and Steely are bridge. He has a sound now called Blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, when I tell you, um, boy, was I wrong when I thought that that friendship was going to go into D.C. And <laughs> 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 yeah, let me tell you, brother, I'm going to go by D.C. I remember I said, I'm a bridge, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, yo, the, the foolishest women I go on with Atlanta with them. I go on, man. When we reach a DC, I go kill them, blood clap. And I mean, I drop Prince, I plan, you know, brother. And we are planning, we are planning. Remember, I said, we are drive up. Them time you have to drive it, go everywhere. We are drive, go up, and we are planning, we are put together to dub them. We are planning, we are planning, we are planning. First run was out the box. Hot. I'm going to start throwing a word from the first round. Ibex Club, man. All I remember, brother, it's like, it's like Diver Diaz Dealy. I say, yo. Um, sorry, not Steely. I keep calling him Steely. Jason Steele. I don't know yeah. why. My bad, Jason. My bad. It's like, yo, honestly, I'm looking at this right here and it says Fire Kid Steeny. And it's like, it just, it just, yeah. With Jason Steely, Steele. Steele. My bad. Yeah. Jason Steele, OG legend. And they, you know, they kind of like, yo, <laughs> we can run certain joke in Atlanta, you know, but Freddie uh-huh. Pitney them, Freddie Pitney them the two running, run, <laughs> run the soul joking. <laughs> so them, t- them just easy. But me said, boy, no, man, tonight my iron a big strike because Emperor was always a big star. Yeah. Never was not. No, for sure. 100%. So I'm going to say, yo, and again, if anybody can just imagine the time, 1996, every song, a war. There's no not. Every song, a war. Every single song, juggling dance, you still end up at do some kind of war. There's going to be some something in there yeah, some man. way, somehow. Yeah, man. So you're just always in that mind frame. And um, yeah, brother. <laughs> Second round, no. Start light a fire in them, man. But just see, but just see something go ping. I'm a look around. I'm gonna see. I say, oh, what that? Yeah. I'm a look up. I'm gonna just see beer ice. I get thrown down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Freddie picking them up. Freddie picking them up. Pelt through the ice in the But it's like yo, boom. And I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to like keep your composure. Yeah, you're, you're not when I say you're them, they deep, they yeah. deep, they deep, they deep. All you see is a hundred rasta on one side, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yo, man, am I fling ice? I mean, like, yeah, I go on. But as I said, I more ice start fling dog. <laughs> I'm big up to Jason Steele and, and Diver and those guys, man, because they, you know, they 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 they, they, they dance end up kind of stopping right there. Mm-hmm. But them man, they come me did. I'm not saying I'm in. I was never an ignorant person, mm-hmm. but being a light skinned guy from the ghetto, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. You, you, you gotta, gotta go. You gotta, you gotta go fight up. a lot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I was always, always having to fight. Like I mm-hmm. always had to fight because I'm light skinned, and anybody that's from any ghetto in any world, um, in America, they know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So I, I was really good at fighting because I always had to. So I'm just ready. So, you know, I'm trying to jump out the booth and bag a thing and bag a foolishness. And, yeah, man. Um, and we never got to finish that dance. No question, Jason Steele and won that dance. Yeah. Like, let's not try to think I'm trying to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, yeah, they, they no, actually, they came in around after that and dropped every bounty killer with him. You know, dog. And them time, the emperor of every bounty killer. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say, uh, it, it, at that time, it was like the the uh, the, the, the Dwayne rhythm. 
Um, I say, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, hold on, okay. The boy didn't repeat everything. Me say, yeah, them song that. Yeah. Um, Pee Wee Herman rhythm. I don't know if you remember that. Are we the girl that I cry for, I die for? We had all those songs on dub too, but when they, you know, they played it and the place just mashed up, man. But anyway, that was a big moment of like really like you know reflection you know because you have a drive go back to atlanta yeah. dog you're saying to yourself like yo i feel horrible and i think any sound man out there that has ever been to a real uh sound clash where they feel like they they lost mm-hmm. you know it's sitting in their stomach for a little while and it's not even like it's a quick flight or you're home you just go home you're this right. is an hour's drive so you guys this is, is hours drive and, and i'm not talking about a loss where like people judge at the end of the night mm-hmm. and then you lost and you shake hands and you say, yeah, man, all right, yeah. good clash. We're talking about an angry ending mm-hmm. where it's just like, I'm angry as a human being yeah. because uh, I felt disrespected that a man fling ice upon me, dog. You know what I'm saying? So I'm angry as a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Jason and, and Diver D were just the best at, in the game at the time. Like, it's really only Addies and them son that could have matched with them, you know. Um, and so I felt that 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 loss energy as well. So I'm, I mean, I have it in the pit of my stomach, man. And yo, one of the quietest rides home, man. Yeah. Trust me when I tell you. Um, but you know, I think that's what everybody has to go through, man. Because it just makes you so much better the next time. And you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you prepare and you wanna catch back our energy for kind of correct this energy in your stomach. And yeah, after that, man, I want to say changes went on a spree, bro. Juggling, clashing, it was just like a spree, bro. Like every we ended up being one of the biggest sounds in the south for sure biggest sound in atlanta no question but you know playing mikey faith in texas or you know playing um uh in north carolina like in the whole region yeah yeah my changes changes was was that song changes was booked and also job prince made a lot of good mix cds as well Mm -hmm. shout out to unity um you know cross and everybody uh they they pumped a lot of the the cds out into the world Mm -hmm. changes was booked bro that's why so yeah, I, I look at one. Of, I look at many of the moments. I might tell you more L's, mm-hmm. more losses, stories than wins. Yeah, because the losses are what really define me. The mistakes are what really define me because of how I react after and how I um, how you improve improve after. Correct, good word, my, my brother. Got yeah. you. Even because you brought up something, I forgot you had your locks at that time. There were you say because I know when I went to Miami, probably in this is early two thousands. There's a gazillion barber shops, but there's one. There's two billion Russ. Yeah, so man. I don't understand <laughs> who's going to the barber shop. Nobody the, would. The, the barbers are dreads. Correct. You understand? When you're actually, that's very. <laughs> that just, just kind of shows that you're an observant person, man. It's actually factual. Uh, black Americans in Miami all have dreads, bro. All. And so the barbershop is more like a lineup shop. Mm. You're just going in there to get a lineup. Yeah. But the dreads, and I mean, my dreads were like like uh, like uh, the Kodak black kind of dreads, mm-hmm. which Kodak black dreads are a little bit different from how we used to grow them. So it was more We used like to grow them more like the guy from Steel Post, the yeah. lead singer. Congo, you're just- Yeah, man. That's how my dreads was. I had like four dreads on yeah. my head and just, <laughs> them just, them just everywhere. Yeah. But I'm a barber, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so make you, it make sense, right? Yeah. Did you- were you saying 
Rastafari at that time or that was the style or it was a combination of both? A little bit of a combination of both because my favorite artist at the time was Capleton. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got into uh, studying religion around that time as well. Mm-hmm. And so I started to study and read and read and read and read and read. I'm reading Kebra Nagas. I'm reading all these books. Um, but I'm more Yankee than anything. Mm. So the Yankee side, the Carol City side, the Nolan side of me, gold teeth dreads, yeah. big ones. You know what I'm saying? I'm wearing a dicky suit every day. Um, that was probably more of it because I really was representing that style mm. um, of being from Miami. And when you saw me, you knew I was from Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was just a way to kind of like, it was like, a, a yo, this is where I'm from. And I'm not trying to be like y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I, I want to be like um, where I'm from and, and represent. So, yeah, man, it was definitely a mixture, but much more the Yankee side, for much sure. More. Because once you say dreads and the gold teeth, that's definitely. Yeah, man, Miami that was super thing. Miami, you man. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, super Miami. And I remember, mm-hmm. yo, there was a, yo, a girl don't want to see you if you not have them thing they in the Like, Lost. yeah, man, trust me, bro. Lesson. Trust me, bro. Crazy. Yo, girls did have gold teeth too, you know, like, like, and I'm not talking about pullouts. I'm talking yeah. about permanent gold teeth. My first couple girlfriends had permanent gold teeth. Bro, yeah. Because that's the ghetto. What? And you don't even, and you don't even realize it until you go outside. But then that's what I'm saying. Why was it like that where that was what you used to make yourself feel better because you're in the ghetto? So at least I have this in my mouth as a yes. So one thing I've learned about traveling, man, and everywhere in the world, it's the same thing. Some places... Like in South Africa and Cape Town, they take out their teeth. And taking out their teeth is how they show. Um, let me get back to what I'm saying. Okay, what I'm saying is everywhere in the world that there's a ghetto, mm-hmm. there's men um, fighting for um, a hierarchy position. Mm-hmm. And um, because you're in this jungle, you're in this like kind of like a war zone or whatever you want to maybe call it, you'll see people an increasingly crazier kind of thing happening Mm -hmm. to uh, show and to posture to the girls and to um, your enemies. Status. That you might not be somebody to mess with Mm -hmm. and I have status. So having a gold tooth was an expensive thing. Mm -hmm. If you had a mouth full of permanent gold teeth, it meant not only do I have money, so ladies, I'm, I, I got money. Mm-hmm. It also says I'm crazy. I'm going to take my regular teeth, shave them down, and put these gold teeth in. Mm-hmm. I'm not to be fucked with. You know what I'm saying? And so you started to realize, like, and then the dreads was the same thing. The dreads was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about hair. That's why it's Congo. Yeah, my big. We call them wicks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um. You grew wicks because you was like, yeah. And the girls was like, that's the dangerous guy. That's the guy to get all the girls. Um, but like I said, I was saying, I seen it all over South Africa. They pull out their teeth. Go look it up. Look up uh, Cape Town uh, Gap Teeth. Yeah. And you'll see it. Tons of videos of people interviewing people with no teeth in their mouth mm-hmm. and trying to explain why do you pull out your teeth? They pull out their teeth for the same reason. The girls see this and go, he's the crazy guy. The guy, the other guy see this and go, that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he becomes at the top. Um, when you started to see um, people tattoo their face, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's talking to 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 the streets and saying, I mean, now tattooing your face is who cares? Mm-hmm. But there was a time, and anybody out there that's over 40 years old, you remember the first time somebody had a tattoo on their face, you went, yeah, that guy's crazy. Not even a, a tattoo, 
period. Pre, a tattoo period, pre by the way. Tupac? Yeah, man. That was almost like the rockers and the crazy white guys. Yeah, man. Those type of people. When you saw black mm -hmm. people getting tattoos, and man, you know, there's a bunch of guys with the same tattoo because yeah. there was like only one tattoo to get. Like the, the Black Panther crawling up there, you know, that's up there, or a Phoenix going up, or a Grim Reaper. There's a whole generation of guys with those tattoos. But, um... Yo, I remember when I got like my neck tattoo right here. Mm -hmm. I just remember everybody was like, Bumbo Claude, why she lose it? Mm -hmm. The man gone, dog, yo. And the girls was loving it, you know? Um, and I knew subconsciously I was probably doing it for that kind of reaction. For sure. Um, Cause like I said, especially being light skinned, man, mm -hmm. John knows stuff. You have to go harder. You gotta go extra, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, you know, you gotta get out there and really, you know, especially if you're gonna stand in the streets like I did. Mm -hmm. I never miss nothing. I'm in the streets, streets, streets. I'm standing on every corner. Mm -hmm. Rick Ross and I grew up on the same block. You know what I'm saying? So I'm on the street. I'm outside for real, real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, not only do the people in the community need to constantly show respect to you, you know, you know complete strangers sometimes. Mm -hmm. They'll just show you respect because you look crazy. Because they understand the, the they, status and what you're communicating towards them. Right. There's a silent language happening, mm -hmm. you know, and you're communicating silently. Mm -hmm. And they go, yo, um, maybe I want to test this guy. Let's see how bad he is. And that also happens, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, they'll go, mm. let, me, let me let me go find a weaker. Mm -hmm. Let me go look for somebody that looks like an easier victim or easier opponent, you know. Um, and But there were the guys that definitely were like, yo, where the bullies at? Where the mm -hmm. big dogs at? I'm, I'm coming for them, so. Crazy. You know, I was watching well, an real hood conversation yeah. now. But anybody out there that know, no. So watching an interview the other day with Jay Wills. All right. And I think he was talking about Jay Will. I'm original. You know. He's Listen. like one of my, he's my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, my Jay Will, I'm a best friend. Man. Yeah. He was talking that I think this was probably in college that you guys had either a radio show or a video. We had a TV show. show. Yes. Talk about that. We had a show called Pond the Hill. Yes. It wasn't a TV show, it was a video show. Yeah. Um, but this was uh, after Atlanta. So I went to graduate school in Tallahassee. I went to FAMU okay. for graduate school, mm -hmm. right? So I decided to go get a journalism degree because I wanted to go into radio. Mm -hmm. And this is where it really, this is where the journey really starts. Yeah. Um, before that, though, I will say um, uh, I got an internship at the Clark Atlanta University station, um, which was a jazz station, jazz only. Mm -hmm. But they did have one reggae show every Saturday. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to, uh, like I said, it's like for some reason, everybody's name I'm messing up right now. And I, and it's I, the cold. <laughs> oh, you had to run in here? <laughs> it's the cold. <laughs> that should be the intro to the show. I'll send in that video. Um, but I am really upset that I'm messing everybody's name up. Um, but rest in peace, I believe his name was um, George. Mm -hmm. But he gave me an internship. Um, a legend in Atlanta. And I'm really upset that I don't remember his name. But everybody out there, if you remember um, CAU Radio, uh, the reggae program, um, I'm so sorry I can't remember his name right now. Such a great guy. Um, but I got into jazz. So just wanted to let you know, this is my introduction, hardcore introduction, mm -hmm. into a completely other genre of music. You were hearing it before, you were around other music before, but now this is now the deep dive now into I'm it. Now I'm at the station, mm -hmm. I'm back then they had reel-to-reels. Mm -hmm. I'm splicing the reel-to-reels, I'm programming shows, I'm making commercials, and I'm sitting there listening to music and yeah. choosing music. So I'm starting to understand how the charts work, 
I'm saying, okay, these are the records that people are requesting or when these records come on, our ratings go up. Okay, so now I know how to balance them in between an hour. I drop some new stuff, drop some old stuff and da-da-da. But CAU, CAU had a 100% jazz station of which now I'm, I'm a master at jazz because I ended up interning at the station. But I just wanted to say that to say, this is the beginning of like an unlocking of, God, before it's just hip hop, dancehall, mm -hmm. reggae, right? So then a little bit of soca, zook, compa, but for the most part, hip hop, dancehall, I'm a ting. That, that would make sense, especially where you're coming from. Yeah, man. Um, but this is the first time that it's a total pivot. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I'm in love with it. As far as the whole conversation of being in love with all music. This was the first thing, but yeah, man. So I go to uh, Tallahassee, FAMU. I meet Jay Will there. Jay Will's still the craziest guy I've ever met in my life. I will not tell a Jay Will story here. <laughs> Can't do my friend like that. Yeah. Like, the modest youth, man. The most fun to be around in the world, man. Um, and we started a show called Ponda Hill, which is basically we took music videos. He would get the music videos from Jamaica because mm -hmm. there was no YouTube. All right, guys, there was no YouTube. Um, and we would show them on local TV and we would do skits. So I don't know if you remember a guy named Hits from the Street. Of course. On BET. Hits was on BET, boss. So anybody that remembers Hits from the Streets, mm -hmm. I was doing the same. I was mimicking that show. And I would a lot go of around. Pranks and stuff like I would go around campus asking stupid questions. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really doing pranks, but just asking silly questions and, mm -hmm. and, and, and laughing at people that they don't even realize yeah. they're getting. Because that's one thing, man. Also, just being light-skinned mm -hmm. from the ghetto. <laughs> yo, you have to be quick with it, brother. You got to be you know? witty and... I'm fearless. Yeah. And you have to know what y'all going to say is going to hurt mm -hmm. and just deal with the consequences after. And so that's why, like, I, I, I've always been like that, man. I've always been like, yo, when it comes to... to, to like, And that's why no one can say anything to offend me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. They could talk about every member of my family in the worst way. And it just literally bounces. Like, it, it doesn't even bother me because I already, I've been my whole life. You've been through the worst. In these jokes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's nothing nobody could say that's going to offend me ever. Mm -hmm. I just will return a very savage joke. And so, you know, you learn this kind of thing. And I was able to to perform. Uh, I was able to do this on a, on a uh, with a microphone and a camera around, around campus. And Jay Will has those videos. I don't know what he's doing with them, but. Uh, yeah, man, Ponder Hill with Jay Will. And then we ended up doing like, we would, a song would come out and it'd be hot. Yeah. And we would do our own video version. <laughs> you you guys were like the Weird Al Yankovic of that time there. Yeah, man. And we we were like, you were saying Weird Al, but it wasn't really like Weird Al. We weren't changing the lyrics. We were just redoing a video. So like, yeah. uh, we did like um like a Shaba, uh, Love With A Man Twice Her Age. And I would put on like an old, old man like outfit and wig mm -hmm. and everything. And um. And I just dressed like an old man, and we reshot the video. Mm -hmm. um, them thing that—that's what we used to do. So he was—he was always into video, but this time you were MC already, so you weren't shy in front of the camera. No, not time. at all. Yeah, man. I'm big up to Jay Will, man. Like I said before, stories can't done, man. I went to my—I just went to my third Super Bowl, mm -hmm. but my first two Super Bowls. Was with Jay Will. So listen, you you can't come here and sit down in this chair while she and tell me you can't tell me no. No, what man says, man, get ready for tell you a story about Jay Will. No, listen, bro. No. I just I get ready for say all the all the stuff I've been saying is a lie. I'm gonna tell you stories. <laughs> Two Super Bowls was with Jay Will. Yeah. Now remember, no, 
why the hell would I be at the Super Bowl? Because mm-hmm. Jay Will is a crazy guy. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Jay Will, man. He used to work at MTV. And he used to work at CBS. Mm-hmm. But before he worked at those jobs, he manifested those jobs by making fake laminates. I ended up like the school camera whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's crazy how back in those days, mm-hmm. if you just had a lap, remember, I don't even have clothes that look like I'm a part of CBS. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a dicky suit, regular fucking white tee. Jay will just the same. But because we had a laminate and a camera, because, man, I hate to say this, guys, but there was a time where having a camera was a big, big deal. There was, listen, there was no camera. There was no camera. No way. Right? So you have a a camera, like a camera, Mm -hmm. every door open. Bro, we ended up on the sidelines of the, of the, of the, of the, um, it was in Tampa. Mm -hmm. It was a Tampa Super Bowl. We ended up on the field. On the sidelines, just laughing, like yo, I can't believe this worked. Yeah, we just we're on the sidelines now, just standing there, because who gonna stop somebody with a camera and a laminate? And then the second one was in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. Man, mm-hmm. I knew the Georgia Dome like the back of my hand because the school was right next to me. Man, and uh, I knew that if you broke pencils off and put them in the doors all around the, the stadium, yeah. the door would just stay open. And all the people that were like security and locking the doors and stuff yeah. like that, yeah, man, they wouldn't know. I'm not even going to ask you how you figured that out. Yeah, man, but again, it's right next to the school, so mm-hmm. we always was in the stadium, you know, but you figure out, like, yeah, man, break some pencils, jam them in. Anyway, Super Bowl's happening, and we realized that, like, some other guys, they were there before us, and they figured it out. They're like, oh, shit, the door's open. So they were like, yo, we're going to charge everybody to come in through this, these back doors. So we get to the back doors and we're like, damn, mm-hmm. motherfuckers already got here before. It's like, why, why you took so long to put on her shirt, man? Mm-hmm. And there was all these white people standing at the doors. And he was like, yo, $500 to get in. And white people was like, I got it right here. And he got, take the money, boom, let him in. Take the money, boom, let him in. So we fight and we fight. I'm fighting. I said, nah, man, hold on. Man. This is my hustle. <laughs> I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I said, yo. And Jay Will too. Jay was like, yo, we like, yo. Our hustle is in a dog. Are we ting ting on ting on ting on? Mind them, close the door, you know. I mean, Jay Will outside. And I really think those guys was like, we can't charge the black guys. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the hustle too. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Or they figure you should. That's know one what's thing happening. for sure, man. Hustle always know a hustler. Mm-hmm. And he knew that we were sincere and we was really hustling. And we was like, yo, man, we was trying to hustle to get into the show. Mm-hmm. We wasn't really thinking about charging, though. We was just thinking just about getting get in. in. So we was like, we ain't even going to fuck with y'all hustle. Mm-hmm. The hustle we created was to us to get, get in. in. Y'all got a hustle going on. Do it. The door opened up. He's like, come on. <laughs> and he let us in. So shout out to Jay Will, man. Like I said before, those are two light stories, brother. When I say, yo, uh, I definitely got some some hilariously and dark stories yeah. as well, man. That's um, wild. Man. But Jay Will is one of the greatest people ever, ever, ever in dancehall, um, f- uh, filming and, and directing and mm-hmm. all of that something, there, man. He's one of the most talented people and definitely elevated the level of the game. 
let's okay. So since they're those are the more private J Will story, the public one that everybody knows, or if they don't know, they're gonna find out now, is the Vibes Cartel interview. How did that yeah. come up now? I think I told you this story before, but yeah, man, what a day that was. Yeah. Me and Jay will par every day. We in Jamaica parring every day. That's what we do. And he had an office um in uh, in Kingston uh, at 10A. Anybody know anything about Kingston? You know 10A. Everybody know 10A. If you live in Kingston yeah. or if you used to live in Kingston, you know 10A right across from the Canadian Embassy. So anyway, him and Carleen have um, a company called Creative, uh, again, the names. I'm, I'm doing really bad tonight. Um, but they have a creative agency that's doing very well. It's a very, oh, man, such a great business they had. Mm-hmm. And they rent an office at 10A uh, with Ras Casa having an office in the back of it and, you know, everything like that. But everybody that knows 10A, you know, that's like where, that's like the Jimmy Cliff kind of spot and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just hanging. I'm just there. Vibes Cartel pulls up to pick up a check. Yeah. <laughs> and Jay will go, Jay will look out the window and survive. Scott, tell her, I walk in, you know. Yo, my, my camera, you know, you want to just, you want to just, do, let's just do an interview. And I was like, yo, I definitely, there's no, there's no, I've never, I'm not doing interviews. It's not like I have a show. It's not like this is content I'm going to go throw up on a channel. It just was like, why not? There's a camera, he's here. Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's just do it. And so it ended up being one of the biggest things I ever did. It's gone insanely viral. Every week, somebody, Retags me in it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on my YouTube channel, Walsh Fire on YouTube. What a great day that was, man. And what a nice uh, person that was. And I knew Cartel mm-hmm. before. Uh, true Cutting Dubs and with Black Chinese, I, I knew him. Um, but this was our first conversation, mm-hmm. first sit down conversation. And we actually parred for like that whole day. And it was just one of those moments where you're just like, yo, I'm so glad I'm around somebody like Jay Will. Mm-hmm whose mind is constantly thinking, you know, and- uh, Futuristic. And shout out to everyone who has a team. Mm-hmm. And I consider Jay Will a part of my team and I, I would be a part of his team where it's always, our conversations are always, how do we, yeah. how do we, how do we do something? How do we, uh, you know, let the dollar circulate between us both? Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we elevate each other? How do we push each other to another? We constantly come up with ideas, constantly. Uh, but JJ will be one of the most genius people I've ever met in my life. And that was just a moment where he just was like, yo, camera, it's charged. He would already have his camera charged. Like all the things that you just like, that's preparation. Mm-hmm. Jay will just always have a camera. Preparation meets opportunity. It's success. Always, always, always yeah. prepared. The man have him camera. He have the, the film ready. He might have the budget ready. Yo, it's just like go time. Yeah. So. That was big years. Because yeah. where I want to go, I want to go. Copper shot. Does copper shot lead you to black Chinese or there's Correct. something in between? Okay. There is something in between. Excalibur song. Okay, so let's go copper shot to Excalibur to black Chinese. Yeah, man. So copper shot was like how we said uptown. Mm-hmm. Changes was uptown. Copper shot was uptown. Mm-hmm. It was the dance was. Sorry, Excalibur first. Holy. The dance was. Changes. Copper shot essence, mm. right? Which would have been like a big uptown dance at that time. For sure. And I met Doggy Slaughter. Doggy Slaughter was was hanging with Copper Shot. 
at that time. So he was in Jamaica. He was in time. Jamaica. Because, okay, when you said Excalibur, I thought it was a song in Jamaica. I didn't realize it was the Trinidad Excalibur. Yeah, man, but there was an Excalibur in Jamaica. Is it the same where they connected? Not at all. Okay, because he Excalibur, didn't even know about them. They were, if I remember, they were more like in the country. I don't think they no. were. They Excalibur were in, in Kingston, I think, was either Waterhouse. You know what? Yeah, you man. Right, you know. Sea View, something like that. Mm -hmm. They had like the most Shaba at the time, and mm -hmm. they were not to be played with. I think one of the, the guys that owns that song live in Miami now. Mm -hmm. And I only know that because I tried to connect them. And I was like, your song's called Excalibur. They had an Excalibur. I said, yo, maybe you guys could work together. Um, but if I remember correctly, the guys that I linked for Excalibur just were like, yo, we're done. Mm -hmm. And we don't really want to do anything else with sound. We're not giving our dubs to nobody. And you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man. And uh, so I met everybody that night. And so, and me and Jester played Excalibur together. Yes. 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 Big yes. up Jester. Yes, bro. Um, and now that I think about it, I'm trying, I feel like I played Copper Shot first, you know? Yeah. I think I played Copper Shot first. Yeah, man, I played Copper Shot first, but I met everybody that night, mm. right? And me and um, me and Slaughter became, we became best friends after mm -hmm. that. We literally became best friends after that. Um, but I remember Sean from Copper Shot, yes. He was like, yo, you living in Jamaica now, because um, I'd moved back okay. to take care of my grandfather. Um, so I'm living in my grandfather's house, like near Meadowbrook mm -hmm. on Riddles Road. Um, and he was like, yo, I see that you need help with your grandfather. I see maybe changes, uh, um, gets a couple dates, but we also have a couple dates. Maybe you mm -hmm. could just earn some extra money. So... I was like, yeah, I need money. I need money. I need money because, the man, the hospital bills were killing me. So I started taking dates with, with, with Copper Shot, man. Mm -hmm. And it's me, Sean, um, Ian, who moved to England, uh, and, and, and Jason. Mm -hmm. um, and Nero Pelpa, Nero P, and some other people. Yeah, man, Nero P is a different story. He's, a, he's jokes, man. Yeah. One of the funniest guys ever. Um, and Cutty just, not Cutty, sorry, um, Mark Chin just start playing the song um, a little bit after I joined. Mm -hmm. um, Cutty wasn't there when I was there, but he, he, there, he was there right. after, right? But it was me and Mark Chin that used to play everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then Sean and, and Jason used to play, and me and Mark Chin play everywhere. Uh, shout out to Mark Chin. Still one of the greatest selectors ever doing, man. Yeah. Um, and, and then Sean got me a job with his mom, who was a wedding planner, to set up weddings. So I would get paid $50, 50 US dollars. Well, I know. Yeah. I would get paid 50 US dollars to go at 6 a.m. and set up a wedding, like literally put together all Cheers the- Chairs or whatever. Everything, decor. tables, bring everything out of the warehouse, mm -hmm. bring it over, bring out the sound, set it all up, stay there all day, then break it down. And then collect your 50 US. Collect my 50 US and then go to a dance. Then go to a dance with, 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 with Mark Chin or Kapashan. Stay at that dance till 4 a.m. And then the next day, 6 a.m., wake up and go do this thing. And so I would kind of sleep on the grass at the weddings yeah. or I would try to find a, um, a truck 
and see if I can sleep like uh, under the truck or sleep near the truck on the ground. Yeah, man. Hustle, bro. Yeah, bro. And yo, trust me when I tell you, man, I, I don't ever take any of those moments for granted, man. I never do. I never, ever do. That was part of the tech. That was part of the important thing. But yeah, man, but also I have to say big, big ups to Kappa Sean for giving me a chance to earn some extra money and seeing um, a talent in me and being like, yo, you should get some money. Now, I knew Sean Paul. I knew Sean Paul because he did a show in Miami with Baby Blue. Yes. So it was, um, no, sorry. I knew Sean Paul because of Jason, mm -hmm. right? Sorry, I'm, about to, I'm jumping ahead. But, um, sorry, I knew Sean Paul because of Master Lee. Yeah, it was Lee that, that Master okay. Lee, because my family, the, uh, Courtney, them live in Mona, and Master mm -hmm. Lee live in Mona. Mm -hmm. And Master Lee had a studio in Mona. Yes. And I was always just go there and hang out. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Code Red, Master Lee. And Sean Paul would go there mm -hmm. and vice him dub them. My very first like just solo dubs and the reason why my name is Walshy Fire yeah. is because of Sean Paul. I, if you know anything about me on the internet, on Dancehall Reggae and on uh, Dancehall Minded, my name was L.P. Walsh. Was L.P. Walsh. Right. And he tried to do the dub saying L.P. Walsh and it just wouldn't flow. Mm. So he was like, yo, Walshy Fire. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. And so a lot of people think Walshy Killer mm -hmm. was first, but that's not true. That was, was Walshy Killer one. for a long time. Because I always thought it was Killer first, right. and then you switched it to Fire. No, I was Killer, and then Bobby Chin switched it. I was Fire, then Bobby Chin switched it to Killer. Yeah. Yeah, man. Or no, maybe it was like in Changes days, the Killer started. No, actually, when I was in Changes, I was known as Mad Professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was known as LP and LP yeah. Walsh. Yeah. And then I think it came to Wal it, Walsh Killer started around Bobby Chin because he used to always be mimicking Bounty Killer and mm -hmm. say my name. And then it just stuck. But, oh man, Mad Professor. But um, what I was going to say was, yeah, um, I noticed that... Uh, Name sounded good and I just stuck with it. But I even have those dub plates still, you know. It was on the Pepper Seed rhythm. Yeah. It was um Gun Speech, Mana Mana Bust Out Them Head Again, and I Bust It In. Yo, that song there. And it was um a medley mm -hmm. of all his early songs on the Pepper Seed rhythm. So, Copper Sean, Copper Shot, those guys, man, shout out to them. But eventually, uh, my grandfather died, and I was like, yo, well, I don't need to stay in Jamaica anymore. I'm gonna go back to Miami. When I went back to Miami, me and Slaughter had already been best friends. We'd already been linking. We'd already been connecting all the time. I get to Miami. He has a show in Miami. We're just parring, regular linking, helping whatever he needs help with. Um, but I had been in Miami long enough now where I was like, man, I don't think Copper Shot should come to America. So that was the original plan, was to extend Copper Shot to have a Miami leg. Yeah. And I've, I was against it. Because I said, man, some I don't think I, I never liked the sound systems that had several all over the place. So you rather one base and one then, base and then you travel to wherever you're gonna right. play and then come back to the base. Right. And shout out to all the sounds that do that. Mm -hmm. There is a business model to that. But I always felt like you lose the essence of the mm -hmm. story of the sound. Yeah. You know, I want my sound to be from a place. Mm -hmm. I don't want Base Odyssey to have a base Odyssey UK. Mm -hmm. I want Bayside to see to be from the country. 
I don't even want Bayside. They just have a Kingston Bayside, yeah. which they did have, as you know. They split in uh, two. I just want Bayside to, 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 to be from the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, yo, Jamaica, I was like, Copper Shot needs to be from Jamaica. It can't be from Miami, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I end up, um, me and Doggy Slaughter end up uh, just being around each other enough to where it was like, yo, let's just, just play the sound. And Jester was always one of my best friends, mm-hmm. still to this day, one of my best friends. And so we just all decided to do it. Well, I think we had gone to Trinidad Carnival that year. Mm-hmm. And we was all just staying at Slaughter's house that whole time. We was like, yo, let's do it. Yeah. And from that, that was it. And I did that for about two years, mm-hmm. Doggy uh, Excalibur. And Skip. then that's when Black Chinese came around. Okay, so then how did you get from Excalibur to now Black Chinese? The Baby Blues night. Okay. All right. So this is a true story. I'm going to yeah. tell this story all the while, and I've told this story to you before, but this is a story I'm going to tell to the people that's watching this right now. Mm-hmm. And I want my energy up, you know, when I, sing, when I mm-hmm. tell this story. Cause I know the people are probably storied out right now. They're like, yeah. God, dog, another story. <laughs> I, you know, some man can lie, you know. Some man can tell some Al- liars. Alternate, <laughs> alternative truth or alternative facts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Facts. Selective yeah, memory. Yeah, man, all of that. Um, so sometimes I might be lying. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, I'm joking. Um, anyway, I decided to, I'm in Miami mm-hmm. and uh, I'm doing bad. I'm not doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things happening in my family that I'm helping pay the bills for and other things are, move, are moving and motioning and uh, I'm trying to take uh, the little bit of money I have and, and partition it amongst these things that need help. Mm-hmm. And my good friend Roger B, big up Roger B, New Orleans legend. Um, he says, "Yo, there's this party called Stages. It's the biggest party in Miami. You need to check this party out. Yo, you should go. We should go to this party." And I go, "Yo, I don't have money for this party. Mm-hmm. The party probably costs like uh, forty dollars to get in because mm-hmm. it was all inclusive. You drink all you want, drink all big money back then, but back then forty dollar. I mean, right now, boy, forty dollar would have kind of <laughs> kill me too." But anyway, I'm like, yo, I don't have $40 to go to this party. Mm-hmm. So me and Roger sit on and we say, yo, why don't we just, I've told you this story before. Why don't we just go to the party mm-hmm. with my records at nine o'clock and play? Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I go to this party at 9 p.m. No one is there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sound might not string up. There's no infrastructure yet. And I just walk in with my with my boxes. Me and Roger B. I borrowed my mom's car. Me and Roger B. Walk in, and we just sit down. Them times I use I use Home Depot boxes to put my records in, mm-hmm. and I just sit down, and I'm just like this, you know. And I have my Excalibur dubs and everything, but yo, I got my my records, and I'm sitting there. So around eleven o'clock, the man say, "Yo, the song string up in you know, if you want to play some music," because he's like, you, "That's why you're here, right?" And I'm you like, have records. So I'm clearly. like, I look around. I'm like, "Yeah, I, I can play." <laughs> So it was closer to like 10 o'clock. So from 10 o'clock, I start playing. Now here's where I win. Mm-hmm. Not only do I win already because I had the the gall to do that, to step in our people down and I don't know nobody and just be like, yo, I'm going to play. All of the other DJs thought they were stars. Mm. So nobody in a reach early. I'm playing. Them time, the early one was early one still. I, mean, I play a studio one, you know, dog. I, mean, I play early juggling. But now it's 12 o'clock. No DJs have arrived yet. We can't start 
juggle a little bit, you know. So, we start, you know, you yes. start going on some early rhythm. Mm-hmm. Every single promoter, there was three promoters, Jamie, Gary, and Alex. Every single one of them come to me and go, yo, Bridget, yeah, man, but, but in their mind, they go, man, what a, who is this guy? In their mind, in their mind, they go, man, what a great team I have. Yeah. My team is the best. Yo, bro, I'm talking about, brother, I'm literally looking yeah. at them, top my fist and go, what a great team I have. My team is the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. But somebody on my team thought, yeah. yo, the Monday Monday reach start guy. time. We need somebody for early warm. What an awesome team I have. Go team. All three of them came yeah. up to me and all three of them looked to the stars right after thumping my fist and was like, what a team. And I said, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. Then around, I would say around 1230, Renegade showed up, Black Chinese showed up. But by that time, the place had 3,000 people. So now I'm playing yeah. for a big crowd. And I had been playing as a solo selector for Excalibur for a while. So I got really good. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I'm saying I got really, really good. So anyway, no, Bobby Chin was one of the first people there, as he always is. If you know anything about Bobby Chin, Bobby Chin reached a dance early. It is not no little, you know, pull up. So they reached yeah, early and watch early. a dance. Mm-hmm. And he saw me playing right after I finished playing, man. He was like, yo, man. Um, you know, yo, who are you? Like, yo, I never seen you before. And I said, yeah, man, you know, whilst you fire and da da da. And he was like, yo, man, we need another selector, bro. And he was like, yo, when Dupes gets here, I gotta introduce you to him because we need another selector. Now I knew Dupes mm-hmm. because Dupes was selling remixes, not just to you, Muscle. Mm-hmm. He was selling remixes out his house in the ghetto in Homestead. And if anybody thought that Dupes didn't live in the ghetto, you are wrong. Dupes lived in the ghetto, ghetto, yeah. ghetto. And I would have to drive an hour south to South Miami to go get remixes from him to play on Excalibur Sound. So I knew Dupes. Also, big up love to Dupes. Man. He never charged me for any of those remixes, which is crazy. Because okay. I would be there sometimes waiting, and I would see him charge somebody like $100 per remix. And somebody leave there with like six remixes. Mm. And I would say to myself, damn, there's no way I can afford these remixes. Mm-hmm. Why did I? Why did I drive down here? And then he would always look at me and be like, no, nah, man, you're good, man. I think he knew I'm from the same kind of place he's from. And I'm just trying. And he just he's always showed hustler, love, man. Knows hustler. Yeah, I'm a hustler. Energy hustler. is energy connected. And I'm sure connect. he saw me out in the street selling tapes before. And mm-hmm. he knew who I was. Um, and so anyway, I um, Dose pulls up. And Dose was like, yo, man, I heard you juggled wicked. I didn't even know you. Like, I know you, but I never seen you play. And I was like, yeah, man. And Bobby was like, yo, I'd love if, for you to just, you know, we have a dance this weekend. Can, how do we get you? Like, I, and I need somebody to go. Sean Paul there, Sean Paul vouches for me. Sean Paul was like, yo, man, I'm at bridging this man, boom, man. Baby Blue. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to do a documentary on Baby Blue, man. You and I talked about this in the group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to all the group chats. This is probably the only group chat I still yeah. talk in because... It just gets exhausting and you don't really see too much new topics coming up. So I, I, I really have, also I'd have a lot more things going on. So it's like crazy. You know, I bought a farm. Yeah, we'll talk about that okay, later. Okay. I bought a farm and um, I own a record, I own a, a vinyl a bar, bar shop yep. called uh, Dante's. Dante's. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there a lot. So, you know, you and I are in a, in a, in a group chat with some some dope music guys. And we, the group chat doesn't have much talking, but when it does, it's always good. And I think we had this conversation. But bro, when I tell you, Baby Blue locked that place that night. All I can say again is somebody got to do a documentary on Baby Blue. Buddy, they were the first 
boy band, but DJs coming out of Canada. They were the biggest, biggest, Boss. biggest things. And they, they had Sean Paul. Yo, bro, Kid Cut, the rest of the crew. Uh, I forgot the other guy's name. KLC. Kale, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, what a time. And I don't know why that thing messed up. What a time you guys had. What a run. Mm-hmm. Because I've not seen anybody do it since. They were a boy band, but they didn't sing anything. They were DJs. But it was like when you looked at their pictures, it's four of them all dressed together as a boy band that DJ right. did not sing. And the way Kid Cut stepped out on the stage that night, mm-hmm. he was a star. He's a star. Mm-hmm. Still one of the best MCs. But that night, that was a star. And you never really saw a star performances like that from a DJ Mm-mm. in the dance hall world at that time. Mm-hmm. You never really saw somebody step out like Bounty Killer and not sing a song. The way he stepped out was not like a casual. Centering. Yeah, it wasn't no casual step out. It was a step. And mm-hmm. the deal with the place, wicked. Baby Blue, we'd love to get a documentary on what the hell happened. I know people know, mm-hmm. but I'd like to hear it from y'all. Okay. So... That night, I'm driving home and I'm like, I can't believe this happened. And Roger's like, yo, you're about to play Black Chinese because Black Chinese was definitely like a, 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 a up and coming big sound at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. But he told me to link him up at, he had an office, Bobby Chin had an office where he used to burn CDs. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, link him up at the office. So the next day I drove to Fort Lauderdale and that was it. And then um, I met Dupes, I think a couple of days later, we all sat down. They was like, yo, we're just going to give you like a handful of dubs. Yeah. Right? Because he still had to press Because it was still physical Still physical vinyl. Mm-hmm. He said, um, but we also have a laptop and this thing called Final Scratch. Mm. So you can borrow this Sony Vio and use this Final Scratch. But I want y'all to know, y'all are not going to believe where this dance was. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready to know where this dance was? <laughs> Where where is this dance? Where was this dance? Where was it? Where was this dance? If anybody knows anything about Canada, mm-hmm. you know that there's a certain city with a certain hall that has been notorious. Montreal oh, yes. Tiffany's Hall. That was the first one. That was my first dance with Black Chinese ever. Shout out to Nighthawk International. Shout out to uh, was it Renegade or Rebel? Uh, I can't remember the name of the sound over there. Mm-hmm. I think it was Renegade. We knew the R. I can't remember. Shout out to Little Thunder. Bro, they were patient, man. Yeah. That's all I could say is they showed patience. I reached the dance early just to try to figure out how to hook this final scratch up. Yes, that was when that, the thing was giving you guys a lot of problems. You guys Bro. were so advanced, but it was giving problems to get it together. But you're the judgment. The sound man was the biggest problem, the mm-hmm. engineer. He never seen it before in his life. And he said, no way are mm-hmm. you unplugging anything to plug, plug in this like blood clot laptop. What is? On a soul? I remember them time they know if y'all bring laptop, man feel like them, they cheated you. You cheated them. Like laptop. Yo, what brother, is? I paid good money 
for Black Chinese. What the hell is this? First of all, I paid good money for Black Chinese. Who the hell are you? <laughs> so it was you were alone. Or me alone. Who? The man sent me up there for dead. Bruh. The man sent me up there for dead. You know. Listen, they know the wickedness of Canada already. That's yeah, why man. One point That's they why they never want to go. Yes, bro. No, let me so tell the send, truth. No, let's in him. Like I said, some man tell lie. <laughs> so what I'm saying might be a lie. No, but it's not. But maybe it's not. But we'll never no. know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a song, man. We'll never know. <laughs> right on. The man them sent me up there for dead. <laughs> Bobby, I love you to death, man. <laughs> man them, yo, dupes hated Canada dates. Why? Because every son in Canada won't kill black Chinese. Boss. And that night was no different. Again, shout out to Little Thunder mm-hmm. and Nighthawk because they were the promoters of the dance. So them was a asset. Mm-hmm. But there was a couple other sounds on the dance, and I can't remember the mind of name. And I want to say it was like it begins with an R. Oh man! All I remember is that yo, big war. Anyway, I couldn't figure out how to get this thing stringed up. I mm-hmm. never did it before in my life. Thank God I brought all my records. Yeah. But I only had a handful of dubs. Mm-hmm. But I had practiced extremely hard those la- those last couple of days, mm-hmm. and so I said, yo, we're just gonna use the record. Brother, I tore that place up. Because I had been tearing places up, I had become a good DJ. Yeah. So now you're just putting what you learned somewhere else on top of that right. time, you know. Right. Um I probably would I probably had more Excalibur dubs than the Black Chinese dubs. Yeah. So if I was really gonna go into a war, I'd have been like, damn. I'd have been like, yo, people, you don't say tonight, me now I'll play a black Chinese. <laughs> Excalibur this. Yeah. Excalibur, holy patron yeah, at the man. time. But yo, let me tell you something, man. What a joy that night was because I made friends for life. I talked to Nighthawk mm-hmm. last last night. He played in Ajax. Okay. With Black Reaction. Another good friend of mine, Black Reaction song. Black's big up. Mm-hmm. Um, but them the moments, yo, the way how yo, I never sweat so much in my life, man. I never I never worried so much in my life. The sound man was like, yo, you're nah string up that yeah. there's something in my lap in a in a, a machine. And a black channel. And I also I didn't know what I was doing, so me not in the confidence really said, no, no man, man, just put just this and this and I'm working alright. I was like, <laughs> hold up. Let me figure this shit out. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, guys. This is, I'm not, am I fooling anyone? Is anyone fooled? No. No, nobody, nobody. Yeah, my friends for life, man. Nighthawk International, Mr. Who Big Up. So um, where was Thing at this time here? Where was Willie? Willie was a kid, man. Willie's much younger than us. Yes. Willie was still in high school. Remember now, Willie, Willie's name's not Willie, you know. Yes. I mean, I none know. of their names are Chin. Yeah. Right? But Willie was a, a fat kid. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got the name. Free Willie. Free Willie. And Willie then he Chin. turned to Willie Chin. Yeah, he got the name from being made fun of as mm-hmm. a whale. Um, and so he became Willie Chin after that. Mm-hmm. So I would just see him at Dubs' house, mm-hmm. but he was just his fat kid walking around. Even if I really played nothing, even not nothing to do with sound. Um, so it was me going on shows by myself because I was already playing by myself mm-hmm. and Dubs and Bobby would play somewhere. And then Renegade, um, the Miami Renegade, he played Black Chinese for like a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I played, uh, and then also um, people were just getting used to Chip Lee. I forgot about Chip Lee was becoming the man on the sound. Probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented selector to ever yeah. be Chip from Lee. Miami. Chip Lee. Chip Lee. What a talent, bro. 
So when Chipley, I play the song now, people them start like really follow Chipley. Mm -hmm. And now here I come. Who the hell is this guy? Is he even Chinese? Mm -hmm. This little light-skinned motherfucker. You know, so it was just like, yo, be a war. But every war, again, every war was needed. To because that's up. the only way I was mm -hmm. going to be better and better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, enough shows that made no sense. Enough shows that you just like, yo, this don't make no sense. Enough shows got shot up. Enough people dead right in front of you. Enough uh, enough promoters that don't know what the hell they're doing and don't bad business promoters. Mm -hmm. You know, that era of dance hall or that side of the business, I went through all that. Mm -hmm. That everybody I do think went through, um, I definitely did, but probably more than most. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially through our Canada, man. Some really rough dances in Canada. I know bro. for a fact. Listen, Dopesem said factually they do not want to come yeah, back. Yeah, man, they want to like Canada, they none at all. They do not want which to come ended back. up making Chip Lee lock Canada, which ended up making me lock Canada. Mm -hmm. I was then the poster boy for Canada. Mm -hmm. I was then the person that if Bobby or Dopes was going to do a dance in Canada, they'd say no, 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 no. Walshi, we need Walshi killer. And I ended up being extremely popular in Canada, bro. Mm -hmm. Extremely. And then at that time, Black Charity on a whole became extremely popular, fully loaded on Baga this and Baga that. And the shows were just going crazy. And our dub box was crazy. And the remixes was crazy. So when I step into a dance, it was shellings every single time. And then if it was war at the end, it was war at the end as well. Anything. Yeah, man, everything and everything, you know. So. so then when Willie started to really roll, you were his partner when he started yeah, man. to roll out. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Then it was like, yo, Walshy, make Willie forward a couple dance studio. And we started to do Europe. And we had the same manager as David Radigan, Ricky. And boy, oh boy, yeah. Willie learned fast, man, because I was not playing around. I was like, yo, our reputation is on the line. And especially like in the Canada shows, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, these promoters, they don't play that, man. Them no, them no one, no excuse for why you flop. So I said, Willie, we got to practice and we got to play at a high level. And I used to, I used to really, I used to really, uh, like deal with, deal with Willie, Willie like mm -hmm. like aggressively because I could not take no L's, but Willie really stepped up and became like just the best man, just the best. And you guys became that dynamic duo as basically the younger you them than Bobby mm -hmm. and Dopes on the sound that shelling down. Yeah man, you exactly. I mean? And then Europe and Canada was ours, and that was cool because Bobby and Dopes didn't really want to travel to these places, mm -hmm. especially Europe where it was like. Germany, you're in these little towns in Germany, but for some reason, dance hall is the biggest thing, and the club has two thousand people in it, and it's me, um, and some sound with some weird name because you know they Monday have some weird names on them. So, on me and Willie, I deal with it. Them time that we had remixes on the um the Nirvana. Yes, yes. Come on, everybody, this is fire time. Blazing these fire heavy. I can't believe Cable didn't even yeah. sang a song like that. Now that I think back on it, but yeah, man, slang term rhythm was um, was a big deal in Europe. As soon as they hear the boom, 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 cha, 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 boom, 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 forward. Yeah, and that's why I started playing instrumentals at parties. Like to this day, I still play an instrumental. Okay. Because I understand certain rhythms are the instrumental is just that powerful. It just has that thing to it. Yeah, man, and the instrumental alone will get forward every time. So all the selectors out there, if you'd like yeah. to steal that, anger management, always. Mm. Just play the instrumental. Um, slang thing, always. Just play the instrumental. You're going to get a forward. Um, sometimes um, um, 
put on any rhythm. You know, like there's certain rhythms, man, where you just play the instrumental and, and with the right, right speech. And you just get a forward for the instrumental. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I learned with with, um, with Willie Chin out in Europe. Man. It's just mm-hmm. the instrumentals were almost uh, equally, sorry, were equally as important um, as the song. While over in the Caribbean side, the instrumental bud, but when the song dropped, you're like, yo, forward. Over there, mm-hmm. rhythm was forward. Okay. Slang tank rhythm, the place start go mud. As soon as the rhythm dropped. As soon as the rhythm dropped. And then you just pull up that, and then maybe you play the song after you play it again. Rhythm. Mud. So when did they decide to, okay, you guys are, you and Willie's all here, Dopes and Bobby's all here. When did they decide to switch it so that now you and Dopes is going on the road? No, again? sorry. Me and Dupes, me and Dupes was on the road first. You guys were on the road. Me and Dupes was on the road first. Willie and Bobby was on the road because Willie was new. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Me and Willie really um started to collaborate when Dupes took himself off the road. When he started. But it was me and Dupes. Not I don't I don't even remember how much me and Dupes used to shell place in Yeah. But it was me and Dupes traveling Europe, Canada, America, me and Dupes. Caribbean, me and Dupes. Me and Dupes had like a five year run with just me and Dupes. That's how and long Bobby, you guys yeah, man, And Bobby was, yeah, I played Black China for 12 years, man. That's how long you played Yeah, man, Bobby? 12 years, bro. 12 years. And you can stay, I still play it. Yeah. Yeah, 12 I years. I know to me that that song is like imprinted on your soul. Yeah, man. You know I mean? Always, man, for life. Um, and I've been with Major Lazer for twelve years, so that's I. So I, right now I'd be twenty four years with Black China. Yeah, how you like that? That's how wild. crazy is that? That's wild. They, they even think Black China has been around for that long. That's crazy, bro. So at this time, were you getting into production when you're around Black China, or you're just soaking it in to really understand what's going on? Yeah, man, that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a program called Acid. Mm-hmm. Right, so big up to Just Bus from Antigua, great yeah. friend of mine. Boom, he's one of the real people. Dollar Sham from Barbados, also another person in Miami, um, and Dupes. They were the first ones that were like, "Well, Dupes gave me my first laptop," and then Just Bus and them were the ones to put Acid on there and Soundforge, and those were the two programs that I saw Dupes making his remixes with. Mm-hmm. Um, Soundforge is where you could take an acapella off of a song, so you had this thing where you invert, and you um. Is this where hold hold on? You see, because he called me out first. Now I'm gonna give it back to you. you did, did you hear anything? Huh? Did you hear anything? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. But you I, saw how smooth no, you that know was. What? As a matter of fact, I did hear something. That's how you knew <laughs> you something happened. <laughs> but but what I'm gonna give you? <clears throat> I'm the host of the show. So you were supposed to know. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, um. So. Uh, shout out to everybody that used Acid, man. Mm-hmm. If you used Acid, you're probably good at Ableton because mm-hmm. it was a, it's a similar energy um, but acid man and i started to create mixes and started to really be good at producing on mm-hmm. acid mm-hmm. so shout out to just boss again in dollar sham we used to sit in dollar sham's house all day long and make beats and make remixes on acid and so acid is the program where it really started acid's gone but um yeah man being around those guys dupes uh just boss and dollar sham is where i started to produce but where you do more remixes where you wanted to produce a beat remixes was what it was man mm-hmm. Remixes was where it was at. Who could make the wickedest remix? Mm-hmm. Creating a beat was not something I was thinking about. That wasn't in your mm-hmm. zone. No. Did you make any of the Black China remixes or it was more inspiration? I know Dupes mm-hmm. was making the most of them at that time. Yeah, man, no. Dupes made, Dupes and Willie though. Mm-hmm. Like Willie, for sure. For sure. Um, did I sit while they're making them? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was their thing. I was on the streets. Yeah. I do road. 
me and Bobby do road. Mm-hmm. Them man did do remix. Yeah. You know, and they were really good at it. So if I'm only like half good at it, why am I even, mm-hmm. you know, but I'll come up with ideas. We all would come up with ideas. Bobby was actually like the king of ideas. Um, Bobby was really funny. He's okay. really funny and really intelligent. So when it comes to foolishness, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Bobby. Yeah, man, Bobby. But Willie and Dupes also really good at that stuff, man. Where would you say it had been the craziest place that black Chinese took you at that time where you coming from Carroll City could not imagine yourself Man, playing so music many, in this bro. place here? So many. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Warrior Sound, Wuppertal, U Club. Mm-hmm. Still. Shout out to uh, Calibandulu Sound, Italy, Salento, Brindisi, Lecce. Still. Um, shout out to uh, Slinger Sound from uh, Guyana mm-hmm. and Virgin Nugent and the whole west side of, of Guyana, man. What a show. What a what a tornado storm we kicked mm-hmm. up as Black Chinese in Guyana, bro. That video's on YouTube too, Black Chinese Guyana. Look at that video, man. Every song, every single song, it was like an eruption. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, just to name a few. You know, just to name a few. Did you end up like in... Like a Russia, Japan, or any of those stuff at that time there? Japan, for sure. Many times. Mm-hmm. And shout out to everybody in Japan. Shout out to Gachapan. Shout out to uh, Captain C. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout Captain out to Baguel. They were playing Mighty Crown for a bit. For a bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went solo. Um, shout out to Baguel Marine. Everybody that I've done Victorious. shows with in um, Japan. And of course, yeah, man. Uh, Russia, no. No, I never did a show in Black China, with Black China in Russia, no. Yeah. So you mm. got you got these crazy places there, Do but it. like Austria and like everywhere, yeah, yeah, man, black Chinese. Like, and what was that feeling like again? Seeing it with your own eyes and not be, not even believing that this is possible that these people, even yeah, man, listen to. What I'm really I'm glad doing. you said that, man, because again, I think you're wrapping the whole conversation up in a nice bow right now by saying, "Yo, remember that little guy? Remember that young kid? Remember that kid in Carroll City? Remember that kid in Carroll City who thought Carroll City was the end of life?" That that was it. That's that, the that beginning and the end. Yeah, that life ended on County Line Road and, mm-hmm. and you know, 163rd Street, 57th Avenue, and 7th Avenue, and that was life. Um, you know, how do you how do you tell that kid, right? How do you explain to that kid um that there's a world outside of this world that he's in? It was very difficult at the mm-hmm. time for sure. But yeah, man, there I am. Um, you know, at, at Paradiso Club with, 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 with DJ Waxfeed in, in Amsterdam. What am I doing? With 10,000 people in Holland. And every song is a is a big forward. And uh, many nights, many nights I've sat backstage or got back to my hotel and been like, I'm so appreciative and so blessed and so glad to have been able to have dodged so many potholes that life really puts in front of a lot of people that... Um, to no fault of theirs, they weren't able to dodge. And again, you know, with some of my family members being um, addicted to crack cocaine and uh, everything that happened in the 80s and, you know, and, and and some stuff that, yeah, I don't even want to say, you know, stuff that's just insane that I've seen um, and done myself. I look back at my life and I see how much it easily could have gone in a wrong direction. In a blink of an eye. In a blink boss. of an eye. In a blink of an eye, man. When I tell you from, uh, you know, somebody, you know, at the club being shot dead right next mm-hmm. to me and, and me like, you know, a bullet didn't hit me. 
you know, to 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 making bad decisions myself. Mm-hmm. A blink of an eye it could be all gone, and I'm so grateful and so thankful that, um, for a reason that I maybe one day when I'm dead I'll know as to why. Uh, but why why me? Why me? Right? But for sure, um, I never took that for granted, and therefore, when I got into something, I got into it and I took it serious and I said, yo, I'm going to make the best out of this opportunity um, because why me? Yo, I'm here. So, okay, if the universe feels like I deserve to be here, I'm not going to disappoint. And so, yeah, and that's, you know, you get into Major Laser with the same thing where I just take it serious. So how, what was the transition like now from Black Chinese, which is, you're not really a hardcore dance hall song, but it's, based in dance hall right. to now Major Laser, which I don't think was based in that. It was more based in EDM. Yeah, man, still is. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the roots of it are in Caribbean music, you know? So the roots of Major Laser are uh, sampling Caribbean sounds mm-hmm. and then, you know, making them into EDM versions. Um, but shout out to Scarab Boy, man. Always going to be Scarab Boy. Yes, you know? Scarab yes, yes, Boy, Scarab yes, Boy, yes, Scarab Boy. Yes. Start, that story always starts with Scarab Boy. Mm-hmm. I was doing dances in Miami and I would book Scarab Boy and Scarab Boy would come down from the Bronx with the big muscle suits and be daggering the girls at the party and stuff yes, like that. Bro. My boy, man. Mm-hmm. He's a big pastor now, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, to Pastor. He was the, the original wild guy. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? And so he turned Christian. I met him. I met Diplo through Scarab Boy. They mm-hmm. did a show in Miami um, called the Bob Marley Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they flopped bad. It sucked. Mm-hmm. Right? It just didn't make sense, actually. It was like a Bob Marley show. Mm. And there's scared boy with a ladder trying to jump on a girl. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um and so I met I met uh West uh, Diplo at that time and he was a big black Chinese fan. That's why we linked because he was buying records from Dups as well. He was also getting white label records okay. from Dups and remixes. And so we became friends and um Scared Boy turned Christian like shortly after. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, man, I need another MC. Scarrett had really spoke about you. Also, Jillionaire was a part of Black Chiny. I'm sorry, of Major Lazer. Oh, uh, bro, uh, you are? Yeah, man. <laughs> you, hey. Misspoke. Yeah. Or maybe. Because, <laughs> you know, someone might tell a lie. Yeah. I, you um, know what? I think this is what I'm going to name this podcast, you know. Someone might tell a lie, you know, brother. So, yeah, my Jillionaire was already a part of Major Lazer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people Jill- don't know that. He was there before me. So it was Jillionaire, Diplo, and Scarab. Scarab that Boy. was what made up the three. And, and Switch. Then the- it was four of them. It was four of them. It was four of them. Okay. Switch was the first one to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy from Rockers replaced him, and then he left, and then Jillionaire joined, mm. and then Jillionaire left, and then Scarab joined, and then Scarab left, and Jillionaire went back, and then... Jillionaire left, mm-hmm. but after before he left, he kept saying, "Yo, you should get Walsh to do this." And Scarab Boy was also like, "Yo, you should get Walsh to do it." Mm-hmm. But Jillionaire, Chris, he was really the one that was like, "Yo, I got some other stuff going on, but Walsh should be your your guy." Because Jillionaire is from DancehallMinded.com. He's from there too. His name on Dancehall Minded was Monster Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, but one of the smartest guys ever. But Jillionaire is an OG from DancehallMinded.com. Um. And so, yeah, man, so, you know, thankfully he was able to uh, um, find me because, you know, there's no real social media at that time. And um, 
He's like, yo, I got a show in San Francisco like tomorrow, man. Same thing like Bobby Shinem. Yeah, you always It's get always this. like, yo, I got oh, a show tomorrow. And I'm like, yo, prepare. Do it. Yo, somebody just sent me the video of that show today. Yeah. yeah. Not even a joke. Yo, yo, no, 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 no. I'm about to show it to you right now. People yeah. who can't see it. But I, I, they're, I'm they're gonna, gonna see it because you're gonna send it. To I'm gonna me send I'm it. I put it in the. Podcast. Yo, this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Look at this shit, bro. That's me right there with the white hat. I got on. Oh. I got on all polo. Let me say that again. I had on all polo. <laughs> I had on the polo vest jacket. I had on the polo flag sweater. I had the polo jeans and I had the polo cookie boot. Yeah, you saw the kid just jump into the crowd. This is so this is the first show I ever did with Major Lazer. And first. a girl a girl sent me this and was like, yo, um, I, I got this video and I don't know if you can use it, but yo. And I was like, yo, man, can you please like figure out a way to send this to me? Yeah. Anyway, bro, when I tell you, this night, I never seen so much white people before. And you know, I don't I never I don't know white people. I never knew white people. White people didn't where exist you're in my coming from you're you're in the heart of the hood. Bro, Miami, Atlanta's black. Bro. And then after that, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. It's like where am I see a white person at? Yeah. I don't know no white people, bro. <laughs> Wes was definitely the first white people person I knew and was uh cool with. How how was it <coughs> that changed to make that change from doing the black Chinese style now to a hard change? To major laser. So imagine what you just saw. Mm -hmm. Imagine a dance hall crowd. Mm -hmm. Select that for work. Select that for work. Select that for work. Get them forward. Get them forward. Get them forward. What did you just see? Absolute this. madness. Yeah. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Bro, it was like it was like this to this. I was like, this is easy. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, with black Chinese. Yo, brother. you better have speech. You better, yo, you better, yo, you better have talent, brother. <laughs> Shout out to every dance hall selector. Mm -hmm. you, you need to have talent. So you, you got to entertain. So I brought that to them. Mm -hmm. And at times when they would calm down and be able to listen, I would bring that entertainment to them. And then the whole thing just became like a level, level, level up. But how would you even MC a show on a major laser opposed to a black Chinese or is that something you have right. to figure out after you a have while? to figure it out but mm -hmm. I, in that show I kind of figured it out mm -hmm. but yeah man it takes a little while you have to understand when are they going to be calm enough to hear something mm -hmm. and they also are not used to an MC at all mm, because they're, they're they're barely used to lyrics much yeah, man. As an MC yeah man them just want wee, 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 wee. <laughs> so yeah. now me and Wes are working on this routine where I can say level. Mm -hmm. And when he lowers it, I can stand there and hear a pin drop with just some commanding energy that I would bring over from mm -hmm. the dancehall world. We know how to command a crowd. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, yo, um, here's my speech. And I can hear the rhythm in the background, four bars, eight bars. I'm making my speech. I hear it coming back up. He knows when to bring it back up or I would say, yo, up. And it would connect and you could see their mind going, hold on. What he just said landed perfectly with what that record just said. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing just made sense. Whoa. Did you see that? And it was mind blowing. And you could see them in the crowd like, whoa, <laughs> smoke out the ears. You know, where it's just like, yo, 
that was dope. What mm. the hell was that? And then I'll be like, that's dance hall. That's sound system mm. culture. And so I started to really, I believe, hopefully teach mad people about dance halls, sound system culture, mm. and how talented the sound system people are, you know? Because that's one thing I've always noticed with you. It didn't. It doesn't matter what room you're in, what situation where you're playing, even if it's something as small as your shoes, you'd be wearing Clarks. You always try to bring your blackness yeah, man. with you. Which is why I feel like I'm getting old, as you can see the shoes I'm wearing right now. <laughs> I think I stopped caring about fashion and yeah. all that stuff. These are hiking shoes, guys. These are just like, I actually like to hike now. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Yeah, man. I still have my Clarks. But yeah, I started to bring that style, the Mesh Marina, Clarks, um, dressing and the attitude to a bunch of people that never saw it. I'd be in interviews just being overly Jamaican sometimes, you know, the whole thing. But um, that's when I always knew. I already knew that dancehall culture was only for the, only for the, only the extremely talented got recognition and mm -hmm. got to a level i also because i worked at beach street records in brooklyn for a long time shout out to tracks another best friend of mine the beach street downstairs the one downstairs yeah. yeah i worked at that beach street man. i worked in the reggae room right after a uh, short man yeah short man quit and they hired me and shout short out to man culture from, what was that song again no. uh, i can't remember what short man he's, he's known as dj short man now yeah. but he did play a song mm -hmm. um and shout out to dj culture hypnotic maybe um, DJ Culture, Goldfinger, DJ June, um, all of them were there. DJ Culture is the one that got me the, jo the job. My best friend at the time, Dagger, rest in peace. He's the one that talked to Culture to get me the job. That's a big story. I always tell that story, but it's very important. Uh, I won't tell it here, but you can see it in other interviews. Big story of how Dagger um, got me that job. But again, rest in peace, Dagger, man. Love you to death, brother. Um, I'm living at Dagger's house, sleeping on his floor. And I get this job at Beach Street Records, and at Beach Street Records is where I really learned music. Like, just to go back to the love for music. music. This is where I learned hip-hop. Mm. So, remember, you have jazz under your... Okay. Right, jazz. Foundation. Reggae dance hall. Yeah, man. You have in your pocket. Yeah, I'm in my pocket. Now, jazz, I got under my belt. Easy. You know what I mean? Hip-hop has always been a part of your life, but now in the record shop, I now have that right. in my pocket. Because I, I didn't have the mecca of hip-hop. Mm -hmm understandings mm -hmm. i knew miami hip-hop i knew miami bass mm -hmm. i knew um booty shake music and Which i knew when i got totally to atlanta yeah when i got to atlanta music. they had their own scene mm -hmm. and i knew that very well mm -hmm. and then i got into the dc chicago i got into their scenes um but the new york friends i had they um were all divided amongst themselves mm -hmm. and so when i got to brooklyn and stayed in brooklyn and i got to work at beachy records i got that I want to thank you, Heavenly Father. I got that side of music, mm -hmm. you know, and the alias follow me, mm -hmm. follow me, yeah. And, um. No, this makes sense to me. Oh, man. When I tell you, with that, that record shop, Breda, yo, I just remember in that record shop listening to Black Star all day long. Mostef and Talib Kweli. Yeah. A record that I would have never listened to. Cause that 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 was backpack. That was backpack hip hop. Hip -hop. I would have mm -hmm. never listened to that, and there I am looking at Rockus Records and going, everything they make is fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and listening to most def. Um, I'm leaving on a jet plane, traveling man, and I'm just like, yo, this is fire. I would have never gave this a chance. Um, 
you know, because I'm down south with the 504 boys. You know what I'm saying? I'm no limit mm-hmm. soldier. I thought I told you. That's I'm there. Extent. So New York, um, and I went to my first party ever with Daga um, and Culture DJ. I just remember folding my arms and being like, I don't know a single song. Mm-hmm. And every song was tearing the place up. And then I got the job at, at, at Beat Street right after. But I say all that to say, um, the music, the love for music in all of its genres, even white people music, really, um, I think, is, is it meets a center point at Beat Street Records. And that's why when you were saying Beat Street, everything made total sense because I'm still trying to figure out how you could be in a black Chinese one night a major laser the next and mm-hmm. still feel relatively and be, comfortable. And be, and be killing both of them. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I was trying to figure. But you see, the Beat Street is the nucleus that held it's it. It's the nucleus altogether. that gave me every mm-hmm. genre. Mm-hmm. I'm there all day, every day for a long time. Yeah. And me just a gotcha record. The shop's empty. Mm-hmm. Me a gotcha record. Listening to um, Ron G, SNS. Mm-hmm. DJ um, Clue. Clue. Mm-hmm. Um, Doo-wop. I'm listening to all the tapes and all the freestyles. Yeah. I'm, yo, it's like a, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm deep diving into mm-hmm. records at mm-hmm. that point, um, which is why I own a record shop, uh, Vinyl Dante's Bar. You guys should check it out in Wynwood, definitely top top team. Um, so when I get to Major Lazer, um, the last I think piece to the puzzle was like uh, white people house and white because you know house music is a black thing to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i didn't understand white people house mm-hmm. i just knew black house you know gypsy uh what's the name um show me love and you know songs follow like me that. and those songs there yeah you know what i mean black house music mm-hmm. i knew that um percolator like i knew that so now i'm getting into this little bit of dubstep little bit of like uh just all of the, the genres that were in that EDM world. Mm-hmm. And that was the last piece of the puzzle. And that's when I get that with Major Lazer. And I brought everything I knew to that. And we did we did really well, man. We did and really well. That's where everything started. So then now you're on Major Lazer. What was the first production you guys started to work on over there when you got there? When I got there, there was already songs out. Upon the Floor was already out. Um, Upon the Floor, I think, was it. It was a big, Upon the Floor was huge though. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, original Don. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, there was a few songs out already because Switch was a producer, Diplo was a producer. So they had songs already. Um, if you look at the Ponda Floor video, Scarab Boy's in it. He's in it. Boy's, uh, it. He's it. He's the video with the ladder. Um, and our first dancer was from DC. Uh, I forgot her name, Missy, I think. Um, but yeah, man, they had songs already. Mm-hmm. When I got there, uh, Lean On is in the works. Uh, Bumaye is in the works. If you look at the Bumaye video, you'll see me in it. And this was early when you got there. That was yeah, when man. those songs started to come out. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But they were already starting to be worked on. Mm. Right? Um, so I'm there in the process of those songs. Get Free. Mm-hmm. I'm in the video for that. Like, I'm in the process of these videos and these songs. But that's when I saw so I missed Pond the Floor mm-hmm. and a couple of songs before me. Who was, who was on Pond the Floor again? Uh, Vibes Cartel, bro. Yeah. What are we talking about? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then that's how the Bumae with the busy signal started to come about. Right. Because this is now the real melting pot of the cultures. Right. You understand the EDM, the dance hall, but as you said already, Major Laser always 
they took certain elements of black music and put it into the music already. Right. You know what I mean? So it made sense. Yeah, man. And shout out to um, all the people that have uh, helped Major Lazer get to the greatness that it is at. Because mm-hmm. that, that's it, that's been a, a, like a whirlwind, man. I can't believe it sometimes. It's, it, boss, listen, as I, when I started, I said you were at Super Bowl, mm-hmm. at Grammys. I've seen you in Barcelona, seen you in Spain, seen you at the French Alps. And I'm talking all of this within months, not years, boss. Yeah, man. Months, probably even weeks. Yeah, man. How do you, how do you process something? Did you ever, has there ever been a point in your career where you almost lost yourself and then you had to bring back yourself and say, oh, hold on here? Where you almost started to, for lack of better terms, feel yourself like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm mean, I'm Never once, man. Mm-hmm. Never once, man. Never so once. And what I got, kept you so grounded then? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just I think when you when you meet somebody like you just know you just know yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Never once, bro. Never once has somebody called my phone and said, "Boy, why is she not answering phone?" Mm-hmm. My phone number ain't never changed. Mm-hmm. Um, never once has somebody ever seen me try to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I've never made mistakes, um, but I am saying if I do make a mistake, yo, I work hard on trying to repair that. Yeah. Why? Because everybody matters. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I make a mistake, I ain't going to text you, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you. That's the school that we come from. I come from that school. That's another thing I want to say just to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I grew up when there was a code. Mm-hmm. And I've stayed on code. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never, I've never done anything off code. I'm not online trying to be somebody that chases clout or mm-hmm. um, I don't ever put, we talked about it earlier. I don't ever put my opinion online ever, yeah. right? Because I'm on code and on code to me says, nah, man. Certain things go out Yo, there, this isn't go. real. And I know it's not real. And so therefore, you're never going to know my personal life. You're never going to know who's around me. You, some, you know, Most of the time I post uh, something and I'm not even there. I'll post something a week after and be like, yo, New York, that was fun. I wasn't, in, I'm not in New York. No, you're way um, gone. Long, long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody taught me a long time ago, man, just really like stay low and just keep firing. You know what I'm saying? Don't just stand up and just be like that. Like get really like, yo, just keep firing, firing, firing. And so I stayed quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, there's lots of noise and I have an opinion on something. And I could easily jump up and give my opinion. Um, the most I might do is get on like a comment section mm-hmm. of a post that I think is very relative and, um, and have a discussion with somebody. But even then, I'll look at a post and be like, nah, I'm, let me not even say nothing. Bro. You know what I'm Just saying? But as long as it's calm, and, yeah, yeah, if it's calm, you know, if it's calm, I'll say something. Yeah. I'll be like, Yo, why is everybody tripping right now? Yeah. You know, but for the most part, I've watched enough people make mistakes, and I've watched other people, um, you know, not understand how to move, and that not understanding how to move, it really, really, it really can hurt them. And I have the same friends I've always had; that's mm-hmm. never changed. Um, I have no enemies, zero. Mm-hmm. I don't have a single person, honestly. 
Sorry, I don't have a single person out there that I don't like. There's yeah. not one. I don't think there's anybody out there that don't like me. Um, if, yeah, if that's it's, it's human it's nature, under... so I can't. But who cares? Mm-hmm. I've never cared about somebody that didn't so, like me. So you don't go out of your way to go and try to find the problems. If, again, being a normal person in entertainment, if something comes your way, I'm pretty sure you try your best to either try to fix it, avoid it, or try to deal with it before it gets to any situation it shouldn't be. Yes, correct. Because I understand time and money. Mm. And I understand that if a situation is going to cost us time or cost us money, I think both of us would be better off not wasting that time or that money. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, most of the time, you ever fight somebody and get up and your friends? I've had that happen to me tons of times. That's all most best friends. Yo, me and somebody could engage in an actual fist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Real fist. I'm not talking about as kids either. I'm talking about as adults. Where you and somebody could knock the shit out of each other. And there's a respect in that. There's a respect in being like, yo, you didn't pull out no stick. You didn't pull out no 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 bat. It was just hope. You stayed on code and we did this. And so I think most people respect, they respect this. Mm-hmm. And so if I got a, a situation, um, I got no problem doing this. Mm-hmm. But if I think we're going to escalate it, maybe that's the time and energy and money waster. That respect won't come on after that. There's no respect if now we go and hit each other with bottles and stab each other. There's no, there's not a respect that because comes after you took that. It, yeah, you're going to fight. You're going to disagree. But then you took it to another level right. together. And so let's just not do that. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, usually, usually a conversation, bro. A conversation gets everybody to be like, you know how much people think they don't like me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, and then they, and they meet me or we talk and they're like, John no star, you know what I'm saying? Well, she, you know, so I never like him, but John will start. He was just mm-hmm. cool. And it's not even like I'm trying to be cool. I'm just me. But I think I understand that there's a better, um, we can all win and I can help everybody. I actually love to help people. I love anybody that asks me for help. I always help. I could see that because I see you, you deal with so much different type of music and production and stuff. I could see clearly there's something in it. Mm-hmm. See you with the Afrobeats, see you with the dance hall, see you with Soka, see you with EDM. It's like you're almost, for the longest time, I was asking myself, yo, what does Walshy really do? <laughs> what is, what does this guy do? I see what you do. Mm-hmm. I have an understanding, but mm-hmm. what do you really do? Yeah, so I think that's a part of just, again, there's no reason for you to have more information than you need. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a seller and you're a buyer. So do you like the product or not? You know, and if you don't um, like this one, I, have I got this another one product. Now, if you want to be an investor, mm-hmm. we can talk. Um, but if you're not going to be an investor, then why am I giving you too much information? Mm-hmm. And that goes with everything in life. Yeah. And again, that to me is just being on code. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't ever post my political views, my religious views. Like I, I don't do stuff like that because mm-hmm. I don't think to me, to me, mm-hmm. Again, y'all do what y'all want to do, but to me, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not from that era yeah. of let me let me let me tell everybody my opinions. I'm from the era of let me stay more in the dark and mysterious, and 
you got to really guess mm-hmm. what I'm up to. Let me not show you all my moves. Mm-hmm. You know, so I keep my cards to the chest. And then I just go, yo, this is what I, I've been working on. Do you want to buy that? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm selling this now. Um, do you want to participate? Yeah, man. Do you want to participate in what I'm yeah. doing or not? If you don't, don't worry. I got something. Eventually, I got yeah. something that you're going to want to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, to me, good business. And again, no disrespect to anybody out there that's doing whatever they want to do online. Do what so you want to do. You do it. But I think that's mm-hmm. good business, and that's what I learned from the people before me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, man, shout out to those people. Shout out to the Butterfucos, to the... Uh, uh, to the um the Jamies to the um you know, so many people I could name and I watch how they do it and you don't know them mm-hmm. or you know very little about them. You hear the name, but that is it. That's you it. hear the yeah. name and what they may be or right. may not be attached to. Right, that's it. That's you don't it. even see a face more time. But not, so. Yo, enough time them them dead, you know, and you just you just don't see them, and so. When I think about all the things that I could do with the knowledge that I've learned, mm-hmm. like I, I could start a podcast, mm-hmm. I could start a, I could do all kinds of things. But for me personally, at least right now, um, if that podcast, if I were to do a podcast, if it wasn't about music, mm-hmm. I don't think I would do it. Mm-hmm. Because that's your, that's the, for a lack of better terms, the character that's presented. Correct. And you stay within whatever this character Correct. Right I don't go outside of the zone. Nah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know Leighton, mm-hmm. you want to know Leighton Paul, you got to really, you got to really Layton. find me and link me. Mm-hmm. And you'll know him. I got no problem with it. Mm-hmm. But you got to link me. But what y'all are going to get is Walshy Fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Walshy Fire is, 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 is a businessman working on things. Um, and again, uh, to answer the original question of have I ever lost myself or felt away? No. Mm-hmm. And that's because one, I'm surrounded by people who genuinely would never let that happen. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, I got some of the best, best friends in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, also some great sound men, sound women that are just surrounding me. Um, that might be the first one to pull out, uh, to, 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 to tell me I made a mistake, but they'll tell me in confidence mm-hmm. they won't go pull on the you, internet one side or so, yeah man you, you know, know I mean? big um, man thing big man thing they're gonna be like yo brother here what i go i know um and again any mistake i've ever made anything that i felt or somebody brought to me and was like yo you shouldn't have done it that way i got on the phone with them mm-hmm. there was a time when and you know hopefully you'll interview uh steely bashman man me and steely bashman had a big big beef one time and, and it's crazy is, to think about it now as a Adults in your position at yeah, this man. time? Here? Yeah, man. And it's crazy to think about it now mm-hmm. because Steely is one of the greatest friends I have. Mm-hmm. But when I look back at that little bit of a moment mm-hmm. and I see how it was going and everybody on on my side was in my ear saying, mm-hmm. yo, you know, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he had some people on his side also saying, yo, let's escalate this. Mm-hmm. And then there was the, uh, the 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 voice of reasoning, yeah. Butterfuko. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I said, "Yo, you guys are going to waste time and energy with this problem. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, we're going to get on the phone." Um, and all three of us got on the phone, and like that, I mean, literally one conversation, the whole misunderstanding, mm-hmm. 
was over. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me to, he had a, a pirate radio station in Brooklyn called, uh, Yes, I know. Sorry, guys. Like I said, boy, the name don't It used to come on the internet too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Wagwan Radio, I think it was Wag- called. Yeah, man. Wag- Wagwan Radio. Yes, bro. So he invited me to the radio station. And a little bit, I was like, yo, if I go up Brooklyn in our fee in place. I'm like, yeah, man. Let me watch Wagwan. I say, you know what, though? This is a true olive branch. This is a real, yo, let me show you how we're good, man. Just come come check me out at the radio mm-hmm. station. I'll juggle some sun, man. We'll sit on our reason. Mm-hmm. And I got to the radio station. It was all love. Mm-hmm. And we juggled music. We had one of the best radio shows ever. Um, and then we sat down for a couple hours talking. And you realize, like, any and, every, any and everything mm-hmm. has a... I mean, obviously, unless it gets like, unless it's just like a real, mm-hmm. you know, but most, like I said, nine out of 10, a conversation usually will get everybody uh, back on, it's back on code, as a, I would say. A grievance that one person wants to voice that the other one isn't hearing. That's right. usually where a lot of the problems start. Or there would be a, I said something and you interpreted it the wrong way. So Bro, a conversation that's it, that's started. That's it most of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's it most of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I want to say in that situation, that's what it was too. Yeah. Because for sure, um, I was the one that was interpreting something. He said something. Mm-hmm. And I was the one that was like, yo, how that, why that sound like that? And, mm-hmm. You know, and I for sure, you know, I don't like to be ignorant, you know, mm-hmm. but I know it's in me. And so just that no fear of nobody mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because Steely, Steely was the man at the mm-hmm. time. Let me not, let me not mince my words mm-hmm. still is one of the at that time especially was one of the biggest dance hall mm-hmm. acts juggling everything you know uh him alone shell a place on pack a place and sell the most tickets mm-hmm. and so you know he's way more popular than me and way everything but i still felt like so the fuck what anything i, anything. I heard something and i don't like how it sound mm-hmm. and so instead of having a conversation with him about it i got off code mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, you know, I went, I went, I went, I went a street way around it. And then, uh, you know, I took it to, um, I took it to the, to the, to the radio station Mm -hmm. and, um, and made it public Mm -hmm. instead of, uh, and then when all those people on the radio station heard it, (sighs) you know, it was up. You know, because everybody like, nah, we never heard you like this. It's the battery in your back. That's, this is where you're almost at a crossroad. Am I Correct. taking the boost in? Right. So yeah, man, well, coffee or whatever the case right. is, or am I going to get back into myself? Right. And try see. And that's why I have to say salute to Butterfuka again, because he knew both of us. He was like, y'all are both cool people. Mm-hmm. One phone call. And I'm sure y'all are going to be like, yo, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> You know, and a little bit of explanation, like, yo, when I said that, that's not what I meant. You know, and then you go, okay, that's not what she meant. Well, then, yeah, I got no problem. <laughs> um, yo, that was it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, and you had a little time where you just see each other and don't say nothing. But, yeah. you know, eventually you realize you can't really function like that yeah. because we're going to constantly see each other. We're going to always be in the same room. Um, and so somebody got to walk over and be like, yo, we good? 
you know? Um, and so salute to Steely Bashment, man. Um, still one of the most talented people uh, in the game. Uh, Steely, I know you have a big dance called Rewind, and I, I, I've been, you've called me for it several times, man. I'm going to definitely do it one time. But I've got lots of stories like this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason why I say I got no problems with nobody in the industry, in any industry at all, is because I get on the phone with you. Mm. We're not going to text. No we're not going to text, no bro. Email. We're not going to say, yo, yeah. we're not going to DM. Hear my voice. Yo, we're going to talk. Listen or I'm going to run voice. upon you and we're going to talk. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, then it's, then it's, then it's cool. Mm -hmm. I got no problem with um, wherever it goes. I probably still will not be the person online mm -hmm. chastising you. Um, you can go ahead and continue to do that. Um, but again, it's never gotten there. Usually the phone call, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I think that's growth and that's grown man shit. And again, to me, that's on code. Being very aware um, of how to handle situations mm -hmm. um, and being able to grow in your business. Yeah, man. And so I've just been on, I just been on cold, man. Cold. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's just, it's just very much. And shout out to everybody that's like me too, man. Nobody don't know the real you. They just know a nickname. Entertainment. Yeah. You, you know just know I mean? the entertainment, you know. Got through, do your thing, smile, yeah. the hell you feel. And yeah, man. once you go home, you're home, bro. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? You don't need to know yeah, what's man. going on here. Trust me, bro. When I tell you, I don't put nothing personal online, mm -hmm. nothing. And that's because I don't know who y'all are. Yeah. I don't know who none of y'all are watching me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to share it with or sometimes, you know what? But again, we come from a place before social media. So to see right. us doing this every five right. seconds, to, I can speak for me. It doesn't come across as natural. Correct. You it know doesn't. what I mean? When to I'm me doing do it, this? I'm doing it because I got a job. It's a brand. You know <laughs> it's what a mean? brand. So you want me to run a joke with the phone yeah. like this? No problem. Mm -hmm. um, but, but to be serious. Otherwise, I'm putting my phone down. And that's why like even with like the group chats and stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Um, man, they're fun. They're fun, man. Mm -hmm. They're fun. The jokes, the humor, the camaraderie, um, talking about shit, not, not music related. They're fun. And you get to free up a bit. Yeah, more, man, they're fun. You know and I mean? also you get to war with people, you know, mm -hmm. and me love, like I said, I still love it. Yeah. You know, so dissing people, running jokes, being really mean. Mm -hmm. I love but, it. But it's to a selected group of friends. Yeah, man, it's to people that, that understand what we're in here. Right. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Now, some of them, they're going to cry for a long time and hate you forever because the joke was too good. Mm -hmm. That's no problem. Anybody that don't like me, usually <laughs> I dealt with them yeah. in a joke that was they damn good like and them still don't recover from it. Mm -hmm. And so they're the first ones that if something goes wrong with me, if I fall somewhere and it's a public fall and people are like, damn, they're the first one to run in and be like, laugh see? emoji, laugh yeah. emoji, laugh <laughs> emoji. You know what I'm saying? Or see, yeah, mom, I tell you I'm no good. Um, but it's usually yeah, man. But it's usually people that I've I've dissed in my humor mm -hmm. because what are they gonna do? Um, and they weren't able to formulate a joke mm -hmm. that was better, and so they're still hurt. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't care about your feelings. I don't. But I also don't care. Um, um, if you don't, if you like me or not, and I don't care about the joke I said, it was just a joke I said one time. I've moved on, I immediately moved on. Keep it so. Moving. 
you know, for me, um, I usually end up just being cool with everybody. Yeah. Because usually usually people can say, yeah, man, Walsh is just running jokes, bro. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to really think about my time management as um, a business owner. And that's when I decided, yeah, man, I'm going to take myself away from a lot of the things that take up time. So I stopped watching sports completely. Okay. You don't watch sports. You just attend the Super Bowls and those big yeah, but even the World then, Cups and stuff like that. But you don't watch. Yeah, that. but even then, I don't know who's on. Here. I don't know who's on the field, and I'm doing it as a brand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, yo, look at my brand. Invest in this brand. I'm at these big events. That's so weird to even hear you say that. And again, literally, you were at the World Cup. World Cup. Yeah. And literally, you were at Super Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't watch either sport anymore. That is insane to even. And anybody that knows me that. knows American football. Mm -hmm. Yo. I'm a ting. Mm -hmm. I still wear a Dolphins hat, yeah. but do I know what the Dolphins are up to? No. Got it. You know, um, I don't watch it anymore because it wasn't investing back in me. Mm -hmm. And I understand the joy of it, so I don't knock it. Mm -hmm. Anybody, yo, don't think I'm knocking sports at all. But it's just like you start to realize that your time management uh, and your investment, you know, and um, Dante's, my bar that I own in Wynwood at Dante's Hi-Fi, began to take up a lot of time. Because one thing I will say, anybody out there that's owned a restaurant, a bar, a club, mm -hmm. if you are the person, um, if you're kind of like an outside person, a celebrity or a person that people know mm -hmm. in the community, they actually want you to be there every time they pull up. Okay. So if you own a bar and you say, yeah, my, yo, muscle, muscles bar come through, your muscle need to be there. You know what? You're, you're right. That, that was back to the music selling days. When I'm there, people wanted to see me yeah, man. on location. Yeah, man. You know and I mean? they buy more, mm -hmm. right? Because you're the man with the expertise. Mm -hmm. So now if you have a, a, a girl there and she's just selling, they say, ah, the, the whole experience is not the same. Even the so, conversation. Yeah, uh, man. You know what I mean? So I got to be at Dante's all mm -hmm. the time. And so the, the kind of conversations I would have in the group chat, now I have at Dante's. Mm -hmm. And Dante's then rewards me monetarily you know what i'm saying very smart i knew yeah. having this conversation would get those gems yeah man I mean? and then the same thing now um i've also opened a farm i also bought a farm so talk yeah we talk about, about that talk to me about the farm so i bought a farm in october mm -hmm. um and uh it's three acres and i've been trying to figure out this whole farming thing it's very difficult mm -hmm. and so therefore it takes a lot of research a lot of um meetings and conversations with people that know how to run a farm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been really focusing on um, is doing the farming. So of course I'm going to do mushrooms on it. Um, but I'm going to do other things like vanilla beans, mm -hmm. um, seasonings, some other fruits. I have several mango trees on it. Um, and uh, a couple other uh, businesses that I'm going to do on the farm. But um, shout out to Tashina. She helped me buy that farm. I appreciate you. She also is from Carroll City. Big up. See, I kept it. I kept it. Yo, I kept my my realtor. I kept it. Yeah, I kept because it the funny thing with it, now that you say it, I remember us having conversations, you speaking about farming and stuff. Like, and this is way before you bought the farm. This was like beginning of the pandemic. You were talking about Yo, farming. it's a vision board, you know. And like I said, yo, I got my vision board right here. Everything yeah. on this vision board, everything I got, I had on my vision board last year, I got. Bap. This vision board right here, I'm already like four things deep. I'm about to buy this Jeep Wrangler that's on yeah. my vision board right now. I'm into cars too. Shout out to um, all the people in Miami that have seen a couple of my cars. Again, mm -hmm. nobody would know that though because I 
the only one I ever show is this white uh, 86 uh, Chevy Silverado that I yeah. have. I show that one every now and then. Yeah. But the other cars, man, because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know who's watching. Mm. You know, and I just want to live my life. I just like to live my life. I like to just go anywhere be, I want to go and, and just be like, you yeah. know. Anywhere. Yeah, my anywhere. And so I, I keep mean. all of that offline. Um, and I, I think anybody out there that knows the internet knows there are weirdos on the internet. There's no question. No denying it. Bro, you have 100,000 followers. You're going to tell me you know these. You're yeah, going to tell me I don't these, know these people, man. 100,000 people. I don't know who the hell you are. Well yeah, yeah. Every day. I don't know who the hell you are. Plus, listen, there's two. Yeah, artists. some of the people that you know don't wish you well. So it's all, Much you're like, yo, let me just, let me just, yo, let me just leave it yeah. offline. Two let me give you exactly what I want you to know. Coffee mm -hmm. and tea was savage. All right. Okay. Two female, one reggae, one more Afrobeat, Afropop, Afrofusion. Right. How do you connect with each of them? Well, Coffee, I got to say shout out to um, Palmer, who uh, was uh, or is probably still a music teacher. And I believe he linked with Coffee originally. Mm -hmm. And he found out that I had worked with Chronix when Chronix was extremely yes, early. Chronix, yes. All right. And so he was like, yo, I got this artist. Um, I'd love for you to meet her. And I was like, yo, bring her to my house. Um, uh, maybe I said something I shouldn't have said, you know, just now. But yeah, you know, people, I still live in Jamaica. You already know. Um, but he brought it to my house in Jamaica. And um, um, and she was 17 at the time, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, she definitely, like, we just sat in, 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 in the dining room and... Um, her and Palmer, they played a bunch of songs and heard a bunch of songs. And I was like, yo, she's really actually mm -hmm. beyond exceptional. She's extremely good. And we started to work. Um, and so I executive produced her first album. But I got to say, man, it was I didn't find her anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, Palmer was the first one. He brought it to me. And he was like, yo, work with her. Mm -hmm. So shout out to him every time. And then all that work there produced the Grammy. Yeah, man. So I won one Grammy. I've only... Um, I've only won one Grammy, mm -hmm. and that was with Coffee Toast. I've been nominated several times. Okay. Um, but I've won one. With Toast. And Tiwa now, how do you connect with her? Because remember, Jamaica, she's from Nigeria. Nigeria. Mm -hmm. These two things here. Again, this mm -hmm. is back to Beat Street Records. Yes, you it understand? is, man. Yeah, yeah, because you start to get the Fela Kuti records and all of, the, all of that is mm -hmm. at Beat Street. Yeah, the African records. But I will say this much. Um, by the time Tiwa Savage comes around, I'm already at a level. So it's mm -hmm. not like before. Um, T was very aware of myself and Major Lazer. Mm -hmm. And so it's a mutual mm -hmm. conversation. And we're on tour in Africa a lot. So I meet a lot of these people backstage and they're a fan of Major Lazer. I'm a fan of them. Things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it ends up being a great collaboration versus uh, Chronics and Coffee where it was much more, yo, here's a very new artist mm. that's that's exceptional, that's beyond good, mm. you know? And uh, and I got a great chance to work with both of them. Getting to that Chronix situation, how did that come up? Because you know what? I forgot that it was Chronix before Coffee. Yeah, man, start to fire. Yeah. Yeah, so this one I might not remember. I don't remember who it was that introduced me to Chronix. Um, it might've been uh, Jay Will and Carlene. It mm -hmm. might've been, I don't remember who, but I do remember we did, our, we did the mixtape at Big Yard. Mm -hmm. 
and we had met. I met him. So I met him at J Will at 10 A. Mm-hmm. I met Chronics at 10 A. Them time Chronics just had twisting locks, you know, brother. Just had twisting. You could see from the the mix yeah, you guys put out. They were just buddies. Just had twisting locks, man. And him have some song we have nothing to do with Rasta. Like him have some song where I talk about yell and all kind of thing. And they were dope, beyond dope, actually. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's why I always say, man, I wish one day, oh, one day, you know, we could do a, a Chronics for Chronics show mm-hmm. with me, Max Glacier, and Soul Supreme. You know, a Chronics for Chronics dub plate show. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, you know, it's weird to say how confident I am. I would have the most Chronics on dub just because of that mixtape mm-hmm. and the songs that I did not put on the mixtape because. Uh, Chronics, he started to to change, you know, how he wanted to perceive himself, uh, mm-hmm. to brand himself. While doing yeah, man, the so the Rasta thing was happening while the process of the mixtape was happening. Mm-hmm. And so we have a bag of songs that was on some other topics. Mm-hmm. Bad though, bad, bad. He was, but he was still, he had the delivery, he had the essence yeah, of Chronics just with different right. words in place of the Rasta. And part. I'll tell you no lie, I think no one else ever, I doubt somebody else has those songs. Mm-hmm. I really think I'm the only one in the world that has those songs. And yeah. maybe there's like a, a Spanish town sound that have them. Yeah. But I think I'm the only one in the world to have those songs. And I don't think the world would ever hear them. Mm-hmm. And what were the songs that broke off of that mixtape? Curtain. Mm-hmm. That was on the mixtape. Um, Star to Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the biggest one on the Get Free Rhythm, Wall Street. Yes. Yeah, man, biggest one. That actually went insane because even though it was a dub plate everyone was playing it so i'd go to a party and i'd hear it and it'd be like while she fire you tell him tell him while she tell him coming soon yeah. and i was like oh wow that's dope my dub. i was like that's dope but black shiny was the same thing mm-hmm. and that's why it was like yo this is so crazy that my life has kind of gone like this because black shiny was the same thing where people were playing full-on black shiny name at a party and just be like getting the forwards and that's all that matters, right? Is to is to get you forward and please the people. So, with that being said, you know, I would love that day. One day, one day, one day, one day, one day. Soul Supreme, mm-hmm. Federation Zone, and Walshy Fire. We go Chronics for Chronics. I, I see who have the most until the last dub is yeah, played. Man, whoever is standing is standing. Because, but like I said, that would have to be a day that. Um, Jamar would have to, Chronics would have to host it <laughs> and be okay with yeah. me playing those dubs. But I don't think that'll ever happen and I don't think everyone will ever hear those dubs. Yeah. Ever. That's wild. Yeah. Well, she, your, your life has been thus far, because you still got a gazillion years to go, has been nothing short of amazing in different ways and in different realms. That's why I like having conversations with somebody like you that could articulate what you've been through and how you think you got there. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people end up places and they don't really know why or how they got there. Mm. You understand? So speaking with you, the way how you articulate it is always freaking amazing. You understand? Yeah, man. And again, uh, I just want to remind everybody, man, I went to FAMU for journalism. Yeah. So it worked. You know what I'm saying? I definitely was able it's to. that style. Yeah, man. I definitely was able to articulate um, an idea um, in a time frame and very well because of actually going to journalism school. 
You yeah. got media training before you needed media training. Yeah, man, training. I got my master's in journalism, TV, mm-hmm. film, and radio. So, um, you know, those are skills I'll have for life, for sure. I have a unique life for sure, bro. Mm-hmm. For sure, sure, sure. Not too many people have had um, a life like mine. And uh, if they did, not too many people have made it or have um, been able to see the level of success I have. Like, yo, when people that know me know me, yeah, they see me on a stage in front of like 100,000 people. Like, they're like, yo, I can't believe that's the same guy that used to walk around selling yeah. cassette tapes. That guy. That's him. I used to sell uh, hats too. Mm-hmm. I used to sell a fake. You're 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 a real. Jamaican I used to sell guy. fake New Era hats. Mm-hmm. You're a real Jamaican with eight million jobs. Yeah, man. You see, hats, that I was gonna. <laughs> you know, you that's know, a show. You don't remember the uh, show? Bro? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I remember the first time I saw that was on in Living Color. Yes, yeah, and the, the show family. was called Yeah, man. Yeah, fam, you know the family I mean? that had mad jobs. Listen, last one I got for you. Mm-hmm. You've done so many amazing things. What's something that you really want to do whether it be musical some no let's say musical in your professional career that you still really want to go that to find it over there what is there something still mm. there that you're looking for yeah man so okay so we're going to exclude being a great farmer mm-hmm. like we're just going to stick to music mm-hmm. right because farming has definitely um, been like my greatest passion right mm-hmm. now um i definitely want to take my events to stadium levels like um i'm gonna just listen since we're doing it man uh you know i'm gonna manifest um that my events uh, become a part of live nation and And get taken to a whole new level and my two events are detour Mm -hmm. which is a soca event that i do with uh private ryan ryan saeed and jay upscale and then i have another one called sounds of shrine aka the shrine Mm -hmm. which is my african afrobeats um event Mm -hmm. and those events do very well they're both at about two thousand people each uh if you're in new york july 1st brooklyn under the cape ridge um and then if you're in miami for miami carnival um and then if you're in miami for art basil that's Mm -hmm. the three times i do those events a year i'd like to increase that i'd like them to be in bigger venues i'd like them to be um some of the if not the biggest events uh, to represent uh, the Caribbean culture and um, the Afro fusion culture. Uh, and that's a big dream for me. So that's definitely something else I'd want to do in music. Uh, Dante's my vinyl bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are opening, we opened up one in Austin, Texas already. We're opening one in Mexico City uh, this year mm-hmm. and most likely opening one in London very soon. So uh, I have those two ventures that are music related. Mm-hmm that I'm heavily focused on, heavily, heavily, heavily. Like any investment, every dollar I make goes right back into it. That's where you're at. That's where it's at for Wall Street Fire. Yeah, man. And of course, still producing great music. Still mm-hmm. want to have, you know, be able to uh, participate in uh, making people move at the club or having good music. Uh, I'm working on an album right now with uh, Challenger and these guys uh, from Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um with uh, Randy Valentine as the lead singer. And I would love to see that act be on NPR, mm-hmm. uh, Tiny Desk, and uh, Colors, and these kinds of places, because I believe the project is extremely unique. The project is a jazz project. Mm-hmm. You see it? Yeah, man. So I'm going to say that again. Lead vocalist, Randy Valentine. 
jazz project. Um, and that's where like my mind is at. I have a full Brazilian album that's finished. I'm just shopping it right now. Mm-hmm. And then I have a Miami based project. That's just for me. I love it. Your passion project. Yeah, my passion project. Um, and in between that, I still do rhythms. I have had three releases this year, one with J&R Choi, uh, one with Azizi Romeo mm-hmm. called Africans in EP, that executive produce of Azizi Romeo uh, that came out a couple weeks ago. And Major Lazer has a uh, I'm a Piano album dropping with Major League on the 24th of March. I don't know when this is going to drop, but go check it out. Mm-hmm. We've already put out three singles, Brenda Fassi song, which is the biggest song, Designer. Big up to everybody who knows who Brenda Fassi is, mm-hmm. by the way. If you don't know who Brenda Fassi is, just Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song with uh, Tiwa Savage and uh, Cuckoo Fun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know that, that was when you guys were doing, you guys done some work with, um, what did the DJs call again? Major League. Yeah, Major League. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a whole collaboration album. Mm-hmm. Just I'm a piano. Though. So it's a lot of fun. Shout out to everybody that's familiar with I'm a piano that sees its popularity and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm doing my best, man. Um, but music related, yeah. You know, that's uh, all in the pipeline. And that takes a lot of time and focus, man. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So shout out to everybody that um, I haven't spoken to in a while in a lot of these group chats or um, on a lot of message boards or on a lot of the places where I used to get Excuse a chance me, to. Yeah, man, but at the same time, I do respect them mm-hmm. and... um um, you know, and I don't know if they, they keep, if they, if they're still going, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Yo, trust me guys. Yo, trust me, man. I know the jokes are good. I know the jokes are good, man. When I tell you, yo, I miss it, man. I know the jokes are good. I know them good. You know, I know them good. Um, but yeah, my Dante's is really a full-time thing now. And so I kind of just hang out there and, uh, and move the business forward. Definitely. Leave some contact info where they could follow your journey, whatever you're doing on social media. Any contact info before I get you out of here? Yeah, man. At Walshy Fire, man. And big up to Tarantula, man. Probably one of the best interviews you've done. Wicked. Good to have him yeah. in the building, man. Tarantula, you already know, man. Friend for life. Um, man, so many people I would big up, but it would take forever. So, yeah, but just follow Walshy Fire. Um, message me if you need any help. Again, I stay... Um, thinking of ways to help people mm-hmm. um i'm always a good person in contact man so for sure yeah man i gotta since i got you here live after three years i gotta tell you even thank you you're the first person the only person to put me on a digital world tour when you were doing the quarantine clash <laughs> remember i spoke to people from japan yeah, india man. thank you Israel, for doing that Jamaica. thank you for doing that too man thank you for taking the time um to speak to these people because they also uh, I think really appreciated and mm-hmm. and to be honest, man, quarantine clash was amazing, man. Yeah. You know, and what a good time for what it did during that time. And I really hope that it brought a lot of people enjoyment, and I hope a lot of people got exposure to the culture, and hope the sounds got exposure as well. And um, you know, it got a lot of hate from a lot of people as well, but that's a part of the game, and you got to you got to understand that. And I love that. If I love you're not that. doing something at a high enough level for somebody else to see, you're right. not doing it, boss. Not even that. That's not even what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need people to give a fuck. Mm. And if the way that they show that they really care about something is that way, um, I love it. Yeah, I love it, man. We need people to give a fuck. Because just imagine if nobody cared. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And so if they don't agree with how I'm doing something or if they don't like how I'm doing something or they just don't like that I'm doing it, mm -hmm. man, salute to them every time because I don't want them to not change. I want them to continue to be very opinionated and to be um, in love with this thing, mm -hmm. you know, and passionate about this thing. Passion is love and passion is hate too, you know? You exactly. just want passion. I just want the passion. I don't want that to go out. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that uh, you know, when somebody does something, that there's noise. Mm -hmm. And not me just alone, but when somebody does something, there's noise. Because when there's no noise, damn, mm -hmm. it's dead. You know, there's no heartbeat, damn. Dead. You know, so because I see a lot of clashes now happening, like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it feels good to see so many clashes happening and being well supported. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'd ever do a clash. Um, I have had an opportunity to. I've had people ask me, mm -hmm. but... I don't want to thin my timeline um, with more projects. I think I've done, I got enough on the plate. Time to go. But I'm I always support sure. though. Like when I clash, I keep, you know, I pull up. Yeah. I pull up, man. I pull up, you know, I always show up um, as long as it's in the routing or if I can, you know, I show up. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably a great thing to see uh, a lot of uh, the promoters, uh, sound men also promoting. Um, I saw a thing where um, it looks like uh, Irish and Chin are going to be doing a new mm -hmm. style to their world clash, which sounds like a yeah. um, a little bit more of a juggling kind of clash, which I think a lot of people are doing as well. In and that's great. In today's modern society, I think to really get the real numbers you want, mm -hmm. something like that, more works opposed to the hardcore. Yeah, man. And I, and I don't you know, know, know their mean? business. I don't know if they were making money or losing money. Mm -hmm. um, but- uh, just from optics, from the outside looking in, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that they did a—they're doing a, a, a smart move, just because mm -hmm. it's it's a change. Mm -hmm. And again, when everything is just consistent, sometimes people don't appreciate it, or it just gets stale. Mm -hmm. And so, um, whatever they felt the reason for the change was, man, salute to them, and salute to every zone, um, salute to all the exciting sounds right now that are really killing the game, um, and salute to every promoter that's doing a great job, man. Mm -hmm. Well, she. Because we are sound man for life. Yeah. So we don't know if this whole story was, was a lie or the truth. No, nah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, man. Well, she. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, brother. Yes, King. You understand? One love, man. And to you the know max. how, I'm going to tell them how all of this even started. This all started with a comment on an interview I did with Pablo from Soul Survival. Big up Pablo from Soul Listen. Survival. Big up Tonga, Toga Chung. Yo, let me tell you something. Pablo from Soul Survival has probably been one of the best friends I've had that I never had before. Mm -hmm. Just like in the last two years. Yeah. Just a nice guy, full of knowledge. He'd been there. He, he did it. it. I saw he just won a clash the other day. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see he's still active, but he gets it. Mm -hmm. And um, the stories with Toga Chung, insane. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to do something with him on, um, you know, on, the, on a Toga Chung project because, again, I see the legacy there. But such a great guy, man. Big up to all the sounds in Toronto that I'm friends with. And um, shout out to my cousin, Lindo P. Uh, big up to Randy, a.k.a. Jack of Spades. Um, my other cousin. Okay. Big up Ratty. Yeah, yes. man. Big up all of the people in a, in a Pickering, Scarborough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Big up the whole of Ajax where I see such things are going on now. Wow. Um, but I've had a long history here. Mm-hmm. In Canada and in Toronto, especially, man. So it's a great joy to be able to uh, mm -hmm. to be here, to actually be here, man. Yeah. And, 
Um, you know, I have a show tonight, so we got to get out of here. But for sure, man, shout out to everybody. And um, I really appreciate this conversation, man. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate it even so much more. As I said, this was three years in the making, bro. Three years, but we made it happen. Let me give you an ultra and get you out of here from this epic conversation to see it from your eyes and to see how you could still remain you while going through all of this. You're good, bad, and indifferent. You know and I mean? I'll tell you what, man. I think we just scratched the surface, to be honest with you. Um, next time I come around, we won't do my origin story. We'll mm-hmm. do like a whole other set of all questions. Right. Fair enough. And um, it'll be fun. Yeah. Definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. <laughs> well, see the drama. Holy shit, bro. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com. <laughs>